Howard from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Azle, Texas. Welcome to Primetime Special Edition 140 tonight. Tonight, we ask that you leave your politics at the door as we get ready for our annual election night show. And as always, Primetime Special Edition is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon berries wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Age, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Minso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And we want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Carajo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age of Cigars of Cuba, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamidstrom Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Carajo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Carajo back to the market. With over 50 years experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to scar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Carojo. Now with JRE Tobacco, Julio and who still bring their very own brand to market and each contain the authentic Carojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Sumatra. And each represent that golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retail. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And of course, we want to mention Tobaccolera USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, Aging Room Cigars. Tobaccolera USA, great things are happening here. And finally, by Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic. Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all Maduro Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful. A beautifully balanced offering, tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as the California Studios for the uh, Primetime Show on Thursday, sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Special Edition 149. Today is Tuesday, November 7th, 2023, Election Day 2023, actually Election Night. Uh, this is Will Cooper. I am in the Perdomo Scar Studios on the black stage, and I'm joined cross-country by my good friend and colleague out of Hazel, Texas, 
in the Alec Broadway Lone Star Studios, Mr. Bear Duplissy. What's going on, Bear? Coop, good evening, sir. Good evening. It is a pleasure of doing business with you. Uh, as always, thank you so much for allowing me to be here as always, man. it's. I feel like it's always like every time I do this with you, um, it just feels like forever since the last time we did it. Even like in back-to-back weeks, it feels like there's like some time elapse. It's kind of weird and strange. Yeah. Um, but obviously we haven't had that in this case. Um, but so, I mean, I mean, how how are things at home? I mean, Miami, because that's where you live now, apparently. Well, you know, I don't want to say it because like, I'm worried that the IRS may come after me. <laughs> so much. Yeah. Um, you know, I went down to Miami for Gazana Palooza. Uh, it was my first trip to Miami, by the way, in two months. So it was a little bit of a oh god of a, of a stretch, yeah. Oh. And um, are you feeling okay? Like everything all right? Yeah, I mean, I do have other okay. things going on in my life. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. Um, I I went down to Lozano Palooza. Uh, I had not been to Lozano Palooza in four years, so it was um, it was a while. Um, I did go see some of our friends uh in their offices as well. Um, in the mornings because Lozano Palooza was like an afternoon onward event uh every day, so that made it a lot. E- that actually made it easier to kind of do some stuff in parallel. Um. And then kind of just focus on Lazona Palooza uh, afternoon and evening, which was great. Yeah. So um, I did go visit. Uh, I was over with Husto at JRE. Yeah. And I was over with uh, Nicholas Perdomo III on Friday. Um, so um, got to spend some good time with, with all those folks there. So uh, it was great. Weather was the best weather I've probably ever had in Miami. It was beautiful weather. Just like that, that 70 degrees, no humidity. It was, it's a it, great it's a great time of year. I mean, I know it was warm that first year we went to Lazona Palooza, but like it was a uh, um um but it was it, it was still nice. Like I mean, it was still great weather and stuff. But um I think I mean, I mean I didn't go to the I guess the very first one apparently was at a terrible time of year and then they changed it to the fall, which apparently is like really smart. So yeah, and then last year they moved it. They did they, the first year they did it at the end of March, and then last year they did it at the end of March again. But that was because they had skipped a year, kind of. So they wanted to get it in earlier. Um, and and that's why. They, but but it will be a a first weekend in March event going forward. You know, it, interesting thing. This competed with two very big things going on. One of them not so much a conflict for really anybody. Um. The other one, oh, slight conflict. Uh, the Scar Association of America held their annual meeting. They hold their annual meeting in Palm Beach every year. So Espinosa, I don't think, is a Cigar Association of America member. It's CAA, but it did prevent me from seeing other people who are at the CAA meeting. But the one that was interesting was Espinosa. This this event conflicted with uh, Cigar Aficionados Big Smoke, which they do yeah. participate in. Um, I found out a lot. I think Hector and Jack actually talked about it. It was it was really what happened is the big smoke got moved up to this weekend because of the Las Vegas Formula One race. So it kind of screwed everything up for everybody this year. Uh, and Espinosa, I give them credit. They they had I think they figured this out later on. They had already scheduled Gazona Palooza and they did not cancel it. Um, I, uh, so give them credit on that. They could have canceled it or moved it. They realized people might have bought plane tickets. They didn't do that. So good job by Espinosa on that. And, and that's great. Sorry, I just want to backtrack. Why did Cigar Aficionado move the big smoke if the the Las Vegas Formula One race? No, no, no. I, I heard you. I'm saying what? What? Why does one one plus three doesn't equal two? Like, why does that matter? 
because there's always, Espino- there's always, there's the always whole Espinosa team goes out there for it. No, no, no. I'm not. Why did, why does the formula one race matter to the scarfish? Not a big smoke. Because there's it's a, always because, something going. No, there's no, but but bear Vegas. It, okay, because I could tell you, I do have some knowledge in this, my company out there. Vegas is completely upside down over this. Is what I'll just tell you. Um, literally, they've reconfigured the strip. Um, hotel rates are through the roof. There's, there's extra security. It is. It, 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 it would not be a great weekend to have it. Um, I actually think cigar fishing. I made the right call here. Sounds like a cigar fishing not a problem. Just saying. There is no way. Let me tell you. I I would tell you. If, hey, I if you want to cut him some slack, I can give him a hard time. It's fine. This, we can be on the no, that's fine. No, I'll, you know me. I'll, I'll pick on them for a lot of other things. Okay, this one I won't pick on them for. I All think right. this was a because I, again, I have a little. You know, again, my company in my day job is involved with this a little. So, um, and I know what we're going through with some of that right now. We're getting people logistically out there. So I would say, thank God that that people didn't have Vegas is already complicated enough to deal with. So I'll I'll give them the pass. I mean, you can beat them up on it, and I'm totally fine with that. But I'm going to give them a pass on this one. But but they better now figure this out going forward when these Formula One races are. You do you, Buttercup. I'm just going to tease the hell out of them. So who cares? That's okay. They 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 as well. They deserve it, you know. Um. So, you know, and as well as this industry just fawns over them every year. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it, you know, you know, one of our friends who was fawning over them this weekend. I called him out on it. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, he des- and, he des- and he deserved it. And he absolutely well, deserved it. I mean, can we really call him? Can we just say his name out loud? Can we call Justin Andrews a friend while he's trolling us all weekend while taking pictures with like a bunch of like boutique owners, like just freaking yeah. us all out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, it was just. We really call him a friend. I mean, um, I gave him some solid advice. I said, don't let anyone take a picture of you. What is wrong with you? You know, I tried to help him out. I tried to I, I him out. I gave you a life raft, Chester. I got fuck, really man? worried when I saw the picture with Raphael. But luckily, Raphael got out of town fast. That's the last That's the last person you should be worried about, man. What the hell? Like, Pete, I don't know why y'all ben, freaking out about that. It was just Pete, funny. Pete? Okay, that's not funny. All right. Don't bring up Pete Johnson. That's not funny. You know, Justin, didn't, no one answered my question today about the Alec Bradley fine and rare. Because I'm holding Justin personally responsible if this cigar is not. I mean, look, I'm not saying it's gonna get number one cigar again next year, but it better be in the in the quality of the fine and rare this year. Or I'm blaming Justin, a hundred percent. Yeah, just saying. Just I'm sure. Saying, I'm sure. Man. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's actually really good. So, uh, I guess the right people were involved with. So I think uh, the Rubens. Uh, I know that's something they were working on uh, with Allen actually before the sale happened. So. So uh, I'm sure it's going to be fun. I mean, I've never been disappointed in a fine and rare, but I just worry about Justin when he gets there. <laughs> um, well, you know, if, if they're going to time it right, they'll just do it right before the trade show. And and if they're really smart, they'll just like somehow like backdoor and like get me to interview the person like two weeks before the sale because that happened with that happened with Alan too. So, do, do you know, ah, uh, Bear, I got to say it. So. You know, I had some info that this was possibly going down right after I gave my number. You yeah. know, I was so, and I went to you, Bear, and I said, "Hey, see what you can if you could get Alan like the like you know." I mean, remember I said that? I said, "See if you could get him to just drop something that maybe this is he's coming to the end." And oh. you did, and he didn't. He played. Let me tell you, he is a poker player, Alan. Because yeah, he did, I'm not playing. I'm never playing poker with Alan. Oh my fuck goodness, that, he, he gave shit. you. I mean, I came out of interview. I'm like. 
my info had to be wrong. I heard. <laughs> no, that was you know. It, I mean, there's there's obviously information like I mean legally he can't share. Like, I understand he can't, can't share. share that. Yeah. So, yeah. but that like that. I still say that like my two interviews down are probably the two best the two best conversations I've ever had. Like it was. They were great. Yeah. Yeah. And you um, you will go down in history as doing the final like major interview yeah, with Alan absolutely. Rubin. You you have that you have that on your resume. Yeah. Which is a I'll big it. it's a big deal. And I think it's a big deal. I'll take it. I mean, I'll he may do it. an interview post sale someday. Post sale. Yeah. Like man, I'd love to get him back on and have a comp just talk cigars with him, right? But um the fact is on the clock where he owned Alec Bradley, he was you did the last interview with him. And uh, I think I'm the only one to have a number one cigar of the year sold, by the way. Mm-hmm. So. Well, uh, no. Who? No. Goop. Who had it? Who the fuck are you talking to? You. Dissident Rave? Hmm? Hmm? Oh, yeah. shit. I Oh, good job. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Bear. Yeah, yeah, good job. Good job. I thought we yeah. were friends. I no, we were no, friends no. no. My correction is a bit. I'm the second person. <laughs> How about the... <laughs> that's right. No, no, you're right. Because you didn't give that. You gave that to Sin. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, that's right. And that was... Yeah, I mean, that was like a couple of weeks. <laughs> you got... Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm corrected, Bear. My Bear integrity will yeah, never yeah. be questioned. Never. No, no. I, never I'm correct. sorry. I brain farted on the timing. I shouldn't have. Yeah. No, 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 I apologize. My apologies on that. No, that was funny. That was good. That's good banter, man. That's all good. Yeah. So we got some business. We got some business to attend to. Yeah. So what I want to do, yo, it's tonight's our election night show. And um, I want to do two things first, housekeeping wise. First is we're going to go through cigar selection. And then I actually want to do the American history segment up front to kick it off. So and then we'll get into some of the election returns and and our ballot questions tonight, which I hope these are challenging ballot questions that people, we're going to have. Uh, they're all related to cigars. Um, and for the hu- if the hustler guys are listening, one of these ballot questions was inspired by you guys, those hustler guys. So Mike always listens to me. That's yeah, they, 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 they're not, no, no, they never listen to us. <laughs> they listen to you. They don't Mike listen always to listen to me. I was like, what are you talking about? No, they don't listen to Coop. I can tell you that. they don't follow Coop. I can tell you they don't follow Coop. If they, if they did, their news wouldn't be consistently wrong. Okay, maybe and that's ha- the way they, they do it. They're kind of tongue in cheek, dude. That's yeah, kind of they're kind of satire, dude. When they, no, they try to get when you miss a big story, like because someone else, the other site didn't have it on time. That's screwy. You, you got to do better. They have to do a better job than that. I, I uh, it's satire. When we, hey, when we get to the meat and potatoes, by the way, we yeah. have an official election called. By the way, I just want to point. That I think out. there's two already called, but yeah, okay. I want to. I want to take the first one here. We're gonna. We're gonna get. We're gonna get the. We're gonna get the controversy yeah. out of the way. So All right. This is gonna yeah. be fine. So let's let's get into cigar selection tonight. I and mean, then yeah. as always, um, you're gonna have the opportunity to have someone select your cigar, and then we're gonna flip the tables, and you're gonna pick mine tonight. So because this, oh, well. this is about choice and election tonight. Yep. So I just want to point this out for people watching and everything like this. Aren't we adorable with our matching shirts? I've got the black cigar coupe. You've got the blue. You've got the blue hat that I bought you. That's really sweet. Thank you so much. Uh I'm wearing a black hat in honor of, I don't know, matching, I suppose. But yeah, good stuff. Just we're adorable. I know, right? Right. Anyway, so so who's picking first? What are we doing? Uh, um, I'll pick you first. Cool. All right. So I have in so. In lieu of my non-participating in La Zona Palooza this year, I thought I would bring out the uh, La Ranja Azulejo 
And for you, Coop, I got the Gordo. How about that? Okay. All right. Got the Casa Magna Liga F. Oh, look at that. Foundation Cigars. High Clare Castle Senator. Mm-hmm. Or the Cinco de Cinco from Puerto de Nicaragua. Ooh, okay. Have you smoked the Cinco y Cinco yet? Cinco de Cinco. The Cinco de Cinco. I'm sorry. Have you smoked that yet? Have I smoked it yet? Yes. Not this one, no, because it's still in the cellophane. You haven't smoked any of that blend yet, have you? Yes, yes, I have. I okay, okay. Chestnut. So, okay, because I, I, if you did, I was really curious at your reaction with that. Um, all right, because this may play into how this all falls out. W- why don't you go with that uh, uh, that number five cigar to the Osley Hill uh, Gordo by Espinosa Cigars? Oh yeah, yeah. Make me light up the big dog. Here we go. Yep, yep. Rocket, rocket. Uh, by the way, that sing- that single to Cinco is, is unbelievable. That cigar, you're unbelievable, Coop. Just kidding. All right, we're going. Uh, all right, so I've, I'm just, dude. I've, I'm just warning everyone right now, guys. I'm fucking exhausted, and I've been drinking coffee this afternoon. So this is going to be a fun fucking ride. Here we go. <laughs> all right, so I have three cigars, and uh, the first one, and and it's kind of from the three places I was to this weekend. So they're all from Miami. The first one is the Perdomo 10th Anniversary Reserve Maduro in the Epicure size, which is the Toro. Nice. Yep. Uh, the second, this is the Aladino Lounge Cigar. It comes in one size, a Robusto. And this does have a Sumatra wrapper on it. And the third one, I don't have as good a size as you. But I have the Azaleo Corona Gorda here. You got the Corona Gorda? Oh, that's adorable. Okay, see, that's my favorite size. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was laughing. We're, we're cute. All right. Um. All right, man. Let's, dude, let's let's match it up. Dude. We got that's the shirts. That, yeah. Let's do the Azaleo. That's what I figure. All right. Espinosa every day, man. Hashtag it up. Yeah, Espinosa. Uh, yep. Yep. So we have that out of the way, and uh, we're gonna be. So it's kind of we're doing a little role reversal with the sizes tonight. Um, so pretty excited with that. Uh, this is a great blend, by the way. This, you know, and I'll say this, for dark Sumatra, I'm not a fan of Sumatra in general, and I'm less of a fan of dark Sumatra. And to get a dark Sumatra like this blend is is really saying something here. Yeah, yeah. I I'm doing this. I want to make sure. Are we? Coop, you're recording on the Zoom, right? Yes. Okay. Just the record. I, okay, the recording button is on. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Do you see it? Do you see the recording line or no? No, because it it doesn't matter. It's fine. It's fine. Everybody's uh, fine. Let's okay. light up our cigars. All right. Okay. Uh. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do that. Um. And then what I wanted to do, Bear. Um. Just because I know we're gonna be going back and forth with a lot of stuff tonight. Um, and I thought this would kind of set the table for um, the show, um, which is our election night show, which we've been doing, for, I think, for the past four years. I think we started this with the last Orpheer election, or maybe actually before that. But um, the idea with this is Bear and I are kind of just here to monitor the election results, discuss the election results, and leave the politics out of it. Uh, I think Bear knows I was nervous wrecked doing this show, particularly during the president election. 
Uh, and for the most part, we've had a very our crowd has been excellent with this. So uh, why, why would you be nervous? It was it was only the most highly contentious contentious election in our right. nation's history. Why would you have been nervous about that? I don't. No, understand. that's true. That's true, right? <laughs> right. That's we got true. through it. We got through it, though. Hey. Yep. 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 So um. So yeah, we're gonna and but tonight's a very slow election night. It's off year elections, so there's only about four or five things we're gonna be talking about tonight. And some of those elections are already called. So we're going to do something called ballot questions tonight, where basically these are like, you know, you have those ballot questions on, on at the at the polls. I've come up and Barry, you could add any in you want as well along the way. I've come up with 15 ballot questions that we're each going to answer. And I'm sure it's going to foster some interesting debate and challenge us a bit. So um, but what I wanted to do is um, I wanted to kick it off with our American history segment. Um and of course, our and actually tonight, really, the whole show is like American history because we're doing an election night. But I wanted to mention, um, of course, um, our newest sponsor for um, uh, the American history segment, Rockefeller Cigars. At Rockefeller Cigars, the journey began with a simple yet powerful vision to create affordable luxury that transcends social boundaries. They wanted to offer a premium product that embodies the spirit of entrepreneurship while remaining accessible to men and women from all walks of life. Inspired by the resilience of the American spirit during the Great Depression, Rockefeller Cigars stands for, as a testament to the unwavering determination and pursuit of excellence. So in this segment, I challenge Bear with a American history question. I think this is an easy one tonight, but I want to see, I want to see if, uh, if it is or not. And I'm curious to see. Um, so we're going to go back to an election. My first big election that I remember the 1976 presidential election. Okay. And you, you remember who was running in that. It was Gerald Ford, the incumbent president versus, uh, Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of people know that Gerald Ford was the only president who was never elected to office because um, Spiro Agnew had resigned as Richard Nixon's vice president. And um, Gerald Ford Un was unrelated uh, to Watergate people. Just un yeah, unrelated to Watergate. The Spiro Agnew thing was completely separate. And Gerald Ford was named. He was a he was a congressman from Michigan. Right. He was in he was in the House. I don't think he was a senator Ford. Ford was a congressman, yes. Yeah, he was a congressman, and he was named vice president. Um, and then when he became president, um, he had to name another vice president. Correct. So I have a few questions around this. So when President Ford became president, who did he name as his vice president? That's easy. And this is very punny of you, Coop, because we're announcing a new sponsor tonight. <laughs> well, that's kind of where I went. But I have another question. I have a couple of other questions related to this. That's why. Right. So the answer to your first question is it's Bar Harbor's own Nelson D. Rockefeller. Yes, Nelson D. Rockefeller was not born in New York. He was born right. in Bar Harbor, Maine. Yep. So, which is... Right. And by the way, Rockefeller Cigars is separate from the Rockefeller family, too. So, yeah. Yeah, it, I said you were being punny, Coop. I didn't say yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. That's fine. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, Nelson D. Rockefeller was... Uh, was um, was Gerald Ford's nominee for uh, the vice presidential seat that he vacated once he became sworn in as president after Nixon resigned. That's yep. correct. Now, Vice President Rockefeller basically said, I'm taking the job till the end of your term, uh, Mr. President. And at that point, um, you're going to have to find a new uh, vice president. And so in the 1976 election, 
uh, Vice President Rockefeller was not on the ticket with President Ford. Who was President Ford's vice presidential nominee in 1976? And I think a lot of people don't know this answer. That's why. Okay. Okay, so the okay, I just want to make sure I understand the question. So the first question is who was who was his vice president during his presidential term, which was Rockefeller? Mm-hmm. So you're asking who did he put on the ticket? Yeah, because Rockefeller wasn't going to do his uh he only was gonna finish up the term. That was the agreement. Okay. So President Ford had to pick a new running mate. Seventy six. Seventy six. Seventy six. Uh, okay. Oh yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Cause. Oh yeah. No. This is this is a funny story. It's a funny story because of the speech that he gave later about this guy. Um. It's really funny the speeches that presidents give and like politicians and stuff like some of the right. lines that like they capture right. and stuff. But. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. His his nominee for um for his his running mate. In 1976, was uh, uh, Bob Dole from Kansas. That is correct. And Bob would run how many times for president after that? that this is an audible question I'm throwing in there. Do you know how many times Bob Dole ran for president after that? He didn't even make it to like, he didn't even make it to like Iowa in 80. I know that. Like, he, I think he did make it to Iowa and dropped out, and but he was in the eighty race. He was in the eighty race, but I don't think he. I don't know if you think he made it to. 80. I don't even think. Okay, I, fine. Fucking, he did, fucking, uh, kind of, yeah. Uh, okay, so okay, so in eighty. I'm looking that up right now. So eighty, he did not challenge the incumbent in eighty four. He did not challenge the incumbent in eighty four. Uh, I'm actually he looking. Didn't, the, he didn't challenge the incumbent in ninety two. He did. So, he, not ninety two. He didn't run not, against Bush. No, he didn't run against Bush. He didn't challenge the incumbent. So it was eighty, eighty eight, ninety six. Correct. So yeah, it's three, right? Yeah, it's three. Yep. So Bob, he yeah, he didn't go in seventy. He didn't go in seventy six. Yeah. he wasn't going to challenge. Yeah, okay. So Bob he Dole, was the, he was the running mate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bob Dole did get did go to Iowa. Well, I, well got votes in Iowa. He might have been out at that point. So he might have not made it to Iowa. Shit, Coop. I can get freaking votes in Iowa. I mean, fifteen hundred. Yep. But you okay. looked it up. Fifteen hundred votes in Iowa. Yeah, I looked it up. Fifteen seventy six. Okay. Okay. My knowledge, now. That, my, my knowledge isn't that deep, man. Oh. Uh. Okay. Third, yeah. There is the third part of it. So you know part. about you know about the speech I'm talking about, 19, 1996. So he he comes in to he comes in to promote Dole against Clinton, term two, right at the at Republican National Convention, and he talks about like he gives this really just raucous metaphor. It was like something like when I found myself as when I found I found found myself becoming president, I said that I was Ford, not a Lincoln. And today, what we have in the White House is neither a Ford or a Lincoln, something like that. We have a we have a convertible Dodge. Isn't it time for a trade in? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, damn, dude. Yeah. Like, like. I mean, I mean, I mean, I know there. I mean, I mean, I know the the 
the Dodge lobby isn't like, you know, that strong, but man, I mean, way to throw a, throw an entire like consumer base out, out, you know, out the window. That was, that was uncalled for. <laughs> What's wrong with the Dodge convertible, man? I've never, like, I never understood, like, it was just a weird metaphor. It was. I get, I get why he was like all about four, you know, he's obviously his name. He's obviously from Michigan. Like, like I get it. Like, don't get me wrong, but it's just like, it was just a really weird metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Bob Dole dropped out of the presidential race in March of twenty of nineteen eighty, so he did go to Iowa. He definitely went okay. to Iowa. Yeah, so it says okay. I, I, can, I, I can be I can be wrong. This is this no, is, no. I'm just, it was close though. I think it was it was definitely close. Uh, Do no one no one was beating Reagan in eighty man. But Bush beat him in Iowa. I meant in the general. No, well that was there. That was a very close race until the last two weeks. At least how the polls were looking. A lot. Of, it was. It was very close, and then Reagan pulled away with it the last couple of weeks. Yeah, because of because of Iran. Yeah, I mean, but you know, um, I'll say this: Reagan really never tried to step on Carter or Iran in terms of the negotiation. He didn't have to. Yeah, he, that would have been the wrong move. He didn't have to. He didn't have to. He didn't try to take the credit. He let Jimmy Carter be the guy to be the one to bring him home actually he yes. he let jimmy carter finish the job because it was remember they were freed the day reagan took office basically yes yep so. they were scared they were scared shitless that's why yes. oh they were so let's go back to 1980 bear what role did president ford and he, president ford had actually somewhat of a key role in that 1980 election presidential election president ford was in the middle of it for a little while yeah what, what yeah. do you remember what it was well i mean he 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 got on the ticket uh i mean he he ran for president like under actually under the um the the, the guidance of tenure henry kissinger kissinger was the one who pushed him to to run for re-election um, well no in 80 he wasn't running for re-election well not a real well obviously he wasn't the incumbent i mean like but re-election in terms of being president, he was running for president. Like he, they, they, he got pushed to, to run for president. Kissinger was one of the main, the main forces behind getting him to, to get to join he, the race. He wasn't so. on the final ticket though, from what I understand, because, because okay, the answer I had was a little different. The answer I had is that Reagan offered him the VP slot. Well, I was, I was getting there. This is an oh, okay. anthology. Like, oh, okay. Thank you. All right. So oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know about that bar. Okay. No, it, no, it's fine. No, no. The, the, the big thing, the, the thing that was really strange about the whole thing is that like, it was very clear from after 76, like Ford wanted to come back and he wanted to come back and he wanted kind of a, almost like a, like a, a vendetta against Carter. Like he wanted to come back and beat him. And like, he turned down over the, the four years from 76 to 80, he turned down like, numerous like big money opportunities to like serve on corporate boards and yeah. a bunch of other stuff so that he could be primed for uh for election in 80 so um now what's interesting about this like the the it's very the the interesting twist about this is had he run and won in 1980 which again no one was beating reagan but if he had somehow gotten the nom and run and won he wouldn't have been able to run again in 84 because of the 22nd amendment amendment stipulated because he, uh, when he took over for president Nixon, he was faking the term. 
yeah, he was finishing a term, but even though he didn't serve a full term because he was president already, he, the term limit states on the 22nd Amendment, he wouldn't be allowed to run for re-election in 84. Andrew, Andrew. So he would have been running as a one-term president, which actually weakened his position. You know, like I said, no one was beating Reagan, but let's just say weaker Reagan was a weaker candidate or somebody else had like was a weaker candidate. And like he was obviously the clear forerunner. Like I think Bush would have beaten Ford too, by the way, but that's that's another story. My point is, is that um, I don't know if he beats Carter in a re-election. I, I think Carter gets re-elected if he runs against Ford in 1980. Because, again, you're running, you're going to elect a one-term president, like a definite one-term president. Like there are one-term presidents, right? Trump is a one-term president, but like he wasn't trying to be like, you know, so like, no, I, Mm. See, I, 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 um, that whole thing about the VP when he was going for the VP slot, right? So that, so that, so that was the interesting component of it. So they actually, the two camps were actually in talk. So Reagan gets the nom, and the Reagan camp and the Ford camp start talking about it, right? Um, about, but everything kind of just like drifted apart. Um, there, there was talk of a co-presidency yes. during it. I remember, right. but ultimately Reagan wouldn't agree to it. It would be stupid. Yeah, it would have been stupid to do that. I agree. The the idea that this was actually like a serious point of discussion and negotiations. Um, look, I I I'm kind of indifferent on the Ford presidency. Like there, were, like he didn't do much. He didn't do terrible he didn't do great like he's just he just existed right i mean in the grand scheme of american history right um i mean there's certain historical points that obviously deserve merit that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying like as an overall from a presidential grade standpoint like he's pretty average so the, the point is is that like how fucking stupid man how like you're basically saying I'm throwing out at that point, right? It was like with the bicentennial, right? So 200 years, 200 years of American history is like a co-presidency. Like that, I can't believe, like, I can't believe, I still can't believe that this was a serious point of like discussion. Oh, I know. Like, obviously Reagan didn't agree to it, but yeah. like, I, I mean, I, I wasn't there. Obviously I wasn't born yet. But like I, I would have laughed him out of the room. <laughs> it would have been interesting, yeah. I mean, do you? I mean, you, do you think it could have worked? No, no way it would have worked. No way it could have worked. Yeah. And, and Reagan, and Reagan, and like, why would? And and I'm, if I'm Ronald Reagan, why would I do that? Right? Why would I? I mean, right. because here I have this other theory. I don't know if Ford would have put him over the top as much as Bush did. I, I'm I'm convinced of that. Oh, a thousand percent, man. I I think in the end he took his big he, he brought his biggest rival into the camp and won the election. I think Ford, who you know, we whatever you want to say about Ford, he was still a divisive figure even then. And I think they were trying I mean, I think there was I think the problem was they didn't know like that that primary Reagan Bush primary was kind of a of a of a barn burner of a fight. And, you know, now they had to, you know, now they had to bring him in and, you know, the whole voodoo economics and they asked George Bush about it. And he said, I was just kidding, you know. 
So it was, you know, he had to do, but I still think in the end they brought in the Bush, the Bush Republicans that put uh, Reagan over the top. I don't, I'm not saying that Ford wouldn't have put him over the top. I'm just not sure it would have happened. So why would he agree to be a co, like a co-presidency? And and Ford, why would and the other? I can understand Ford. He had he had the top job. Now you're asking him to be vice president. Thousand percent. It was it was a crazy. It was I. It was a crazy. I remember that whole that whole thing. And here was the other thing. Back then, a lot of times the running mates were picked at the convention. They weren't picked like now they're picked earlier. But back then, Bush was picked at the convention, and. Reagan and Bo- Reagan and 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 Ford were in those talks at the beginning of the convention, those first couple of days. Right. And I remember Walter Mondale, not Walter, Walter Cronkite broke the news. I remember that when it when it happened. So it was it was a bit it was it was crazy. But yeah, there you go. That's a that's a little bit of our election uh, appetizer tonight. Good job, Bear. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Do we want to go right into a couple of these races? We want to get into some of these races right now. Yeah, I mean, there was an election called already. So, and there's two elections. You said two elections. There's two. One of the mayor elections has been called, which it was no surprise. But yeah. Uh, So, uh, so yeah. So tonight, here's what we have. It's like I said, it's a light night of of as far as uh, statewide offices go. There's two gubernatorial races. They're important gubernatorial races. There's two mayoral races. Um, two are called, two are not. So, and I don't think one will be. I don't think Houston's even going to be decided tonight. We'll get into that. So, why don't we get right into the race that was called Bear in Kentucky? Oh, we're gonna start with that one. Okay. Oh, oh wait. We can start whatever you want. That's fine. You already announced it. Let's go. We, we want to go. Want to go Philadelphia? Why don't we do? Wait, yeah, why don't we do Philadelphia? Just get this one out. Well, of I was going to do the Ohio ballot measure, so we're we're obviously oh, okay. on the same page. So it's okay. Go, do the Ohio measure ballot. No, we'll go with your plan. Okay. So, so yep. in Ohio, there's in Ohio, there's two ballot measures that yeah, obviously yeah. Are, are, I mean, these are high, you know, these are high points of debate in our nation's, you know, in yeah. our nation's social debating structure and everything. So, um, so Ohio had two elections, uh, two, uh, two uh, measures on the ballot this year. So mm-hmm. two referendums to their, uh, to their state legislature. So uh, issue number one was right to abortion. Right. So this is a right to abortion, not to like not abort. So the ability to do it. Uh, and obviously, so there were, the ballot was for. Yes, you're in favor of supporting uh, the the amendment to their to their uh, to their state leg- legislation that would uh, ha- give the right to abortion. OK, the second one is the ability to legalize marijuana. OK, so. Vote yes. You're saying it's, it can be legal to have an abortion. Your vote no. It's not illegal to have an abortion. You vote yes to legalize marijuana. Vote no to not legalize marijuana. Yep. Okay. So both measures have been called. Seventy uh, percent of the vote, uh, according to uh, NBC News, seventy-one uh, percent of the vote of expected vote is in, and they're calling it for issue one right to the abortion. Fifty-five point six percent to forty-four percent. So that pretty. Pretty big margin. I mean, we're talking about 1.5 million to 1.2, and again, this is a statewide election. So, I mean, think about that what, too. What What is this one, Bear? This one confuses me. What does this exactly mean? If this now this being passed, 
what what happened? I mean, this this that, is what, what exactly does that mean? So there again, because of Roe v. Wade um, being overturned by the Supreme Court, right now it's up to the states to either choose to okay again, so leave, it, a- leave it ambiguous, have a right to abort, or have a not right to abort. Yeah, right. So some states have taken away the right to abortion. That's why you hear about all the news stories where people are, are going to other states to have procedures done because they can't do, get it done in their home state. Well, this voting would determine if this would be either, again, for the residents of Ohio or one of those destinations where people could go to have the procedure done. Yep. Make sense? Yep. Yep. Got it. Okay. All yeah. Right. And, and, so, and Bear, I looked at the map here. This The yes votes came from the big urban areas of Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, and Dayton. Right. You're, um, again, again, like we've talked about this before, yep. when we did the presidential election, if you look at even the most conservative of states, now Ohio's notorious is a notorious battleground state. But even if you look at like the most conservative states, like look at Kentucky, Mississippi, yep. Georgia, uh, which was actually wind blue in the last presidential yep. election, the urban areas are what control uh, the, the urban areas of control population, and they're typically going to be more blue than they are red. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, um, so again, so, so on issue one, right to abortion, right? So we're setting out 72% of the expected vote in. They're calling the election for yes, at 55.6% of the vote, 1.5 million votes, 1,552,000 to be exact. Well, uh, uh, to 44%, 1.2 million. So 1,000, 1,239,000. So again, like you were talking about the map, uh, Cleveland and Columbus overwhelmingly controlled the uh, and Cincinnati, for that matter, excuse yep. me, all controlled uh, the most the most yes votes. votes. So yep. if you break it down by county, the biggest land. So this was interesting. Athens County, seventy one percent yes, right. And Allen County, <laughs> I believe is the no. Excuse me, I'm going to butcher this name. Auglaize County was the lowest at twenty six point six percent a yes. So that's a very rural, that's a very, very rural county. I think uh, just south of Columbus, if I'm not mistaken, might be wrong about that. Yeah, no, I think you're right on that. Um, I'm gonna, I'll pull it up so people can see this too. Um, so here we go. No, I'm sorry. Uglaze is a, is a Western part of the state. Excuse me. Okay. Well, you can see the map. The purple is the nose and the uh, orange is the yes. Right. So if you scroll down, so issue number two, the legalization of marijuana, again, was 71% of the expected vote in. By the way, I don't know how the two numbers are off, but I'm going to roll with it anyway. A very similar margin voting yes, 55.9%, 1.5 million in voting yes, 1.2 million voting no. Um, so you have um, you have um, you have the election set up for both these issues. So Ohio. Um, now has the right to uh, the right to abort. So again, clinics can be allowed to open up these services. Clinics can be established, et cetera. And now you can have the legalization of marijuana. So I'm assuming I haven't gone into the details of the, what that entails in terms of legalizing. I'm not sure if growing and farms is, 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 is available, but obviously now dispensaries will be available throughout the state to be able to sell and trade uh, in the, the product of cannabis. There you go. Potheads so. rejoice. Uh, I'm trying to look at some comparison here. Um, so interesting enough, right? So Champaign County, 
um, which I believe. See, I wish this is this is where I wish uh, um, we had Miguel on. Champaign County is is just uh, just west of Columbus, so it's about smack dab in the middle. There of the it state. is. Yeah, there we go. So Champaign voted no with fifty eight percent of the vote. Um, voted no. no. They voted- Vote, vote no for marijuana or for no, um, voted no on the issue of on the on abortion. issue one right right to abortion, but they voted yes right. in the legalization of marijuana. Yeah, yep, yeah, they did. Yep, that is interesting. Very interesting. So, um, we're going to start seeing elections like this more and more, obviously, and I think what we're going what we're seeing now in a battleground state like Ohio, you're going to see, um. Probably more what I think this what I think this shows, Coop, the fact that it was it's in some counties like it was so divided and everything. And even though like fifty-five to forty-four, you would almost consider that a landslide victory in politics. Yep. Um, but with this taking place in in um in Ohio, you can expect to see a lot of splits. Yep. As these two issues come up across the country. North I guarantee if this was North Carolina, we would have seen the abortion one goes similar. Um, Boy, legalization and, and, probably I feel probably both of these. Yeah, because North Carolina's politics are very much like Ohio's politics the way they are right now. It's a battleground state. Uh, it's a purple. I mean, it's a purple state, really. And that's that's been just in the last like fifteen years, though, right? Uh yeah. Since I've been down here, I, I think uh, it's it's gotten like that. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. So there you go. And those have both been called right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's move over to Kentucky. Kentucky. So in Kentucky, uh, the race has been called. Uh, and this, but we should talk about this one because I think there's some implications with this one. Um. So the, I'm going to pull it up here. The incumbent governor, Andy Beecher. Beecher. This year, I didn't know he beat uh, Republican Daniel Cameron in in somewhat of a close race, somewhat not not huge. Ninety percent of those. Cameron Cameron was winning at six. Yeah, yeah, like three hours ago. But I think I think that some of those counties came in. I'm sure. Uh, again, mm-hmm. if we look at the map, and I think this NBC's done a really like NBC's done a great job with their election site this year. I gotta just say that. Um, you and I both because this is one I was going to show too. This, this uh, is but, they do they, they always do the best maps, dude. dude but they look at this, right? Maps. Again, look at the patterns right there. We'll put them over the top is Louisville, Frankfurt, and Lexington right there. So, that, you know, and we're seeing that, that these this is kind of a microcosm, these states of what we're seeing nationwide. You know, urban areas are going blue, rural mm-hmm. areas are going red. You know what's really interesting about this? Look at look at the look at the far east of the state, which is next to West Virginia. Which yeah, yep. So Boyd County goes Bashir, and then yep. the northern part of the state, Campbell and Kenton. So think about where this. Think about your geography, y'all. What's on the other side of that? Ohio. Ohio, but Ohio is right most here. Importantly, Cincinnati, another urban area, right here. Uh, yes. So yes, yep. Canton and Campbell counties yep. are rural by definition, but they're adjacent to a major metropolitan area in Cincinnati. So think about yeah. that. Yeah. 
But look, look at Fayette County. <laughs> Again, Lexington just 71%. Frankfurt, 68%. Louisville, I mean, these three cities put him over the top. Because some of these other ones are, are relatively close, these other blue ones out here. But it's these, these three cities put uh, <clears throat> put the governor uh, over the top here. Right. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, we again, Republicans were looking at this, wanting to get a gubernatorial seat. You know, they were hoping to get a seat. They did not get it. Kind of the thing we saw last year, Bear. The Republicans were trying to gain, seat, gain and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, I think it's 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 really interesting too. Like I, I honestly thought going into this election coup, like I thought I, th- I mean, and again, it was very close early on. Like when I saw Cameron running away with it at like six, yeah, uh, well, six o'clock Eastern, five o'clock Central. Like I was like, well, okay, like the Kentucky's going to go back red for 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 governor. So, um, it was a really it was a really interesting campaign. If you like, look at some of the look at some of the details and stuff of it. Yep. I found it pretty interesting. Um, did you have, did you have, I mean, you, I know you didn't have a horse in the race, quote unquote, but like, did you have any prediction going into tonight for Kentucky? I thought the governor was going to keep his seat. Why? Um, I, because I, again, I was kind of going with the, the urban theory and these rural areas are really sparsely populated. And I I do know Louisville and Lexington are very blue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, look at the again, look at the mar. I didn't expect seventy like these were these were landslide margins in these areas. So, you know, sixty eight percent Louisville, seventy percent. You know, and uh, Lexington. So there's a lot of the population in here. Um. The Cameron campaign put a lot of money into Louisville, and I actually saw this firsthand because I was, as you know, I was. You would, yeah, you would, you actually just there, weeks ago. yeah, but didn't work. Words, signs, yeah. I mean, there was a ton ads. Like I had the TV on at night, you know, yeah. just local television. I just wanted to, you know, white noise. Yeah, like yeah, he they put a lot, they pumped a lot of money. So here's my question, Coop. Let's talk about political strategy here. So if you're if you know you're gonna lose in a major metro area like you know it's gonna happen like again lexington i mean it's 74 29 like it's pretty sick like yeah like do you in fate we're talking about fate county like do you pump enough money so it's not embarrassing like this or do you just say fuck it like i'm out like it doesn't matter anyway but there's a lot of votes there, man. You got to yeah. do something, right? Yeah, but if you, yeah, see, I think you don't quit, right? Because look at, like, let's go to Louisville, right? You know, if you could have closed that, you can close, if you can close ten percent in each of these things, it might have made a big difference. All right, is what I'm saying. If you close ten percent in each of these three areas, because this wasn't that much of a, like I said, we're looking at seventy thousand votes, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that it, this wasn't a landslide win for uh, uh, re-election here. Cameron made a decent run at it. It was, but yeah. Um, but look at this. Some of these counties are tiny, though. Look, like you know, look. I'm just showing you some of the county numbers. You know, sixty you know, Ballard County, like sixteen ninety one. If we pull up all the counties, you know, those those big areas. If you could flip some of the vote in those areas. 
mm-hmm. it would make it would made a difference is what I'm saying. So yeah. Um I, I don't Cameron, think, will, Cameron will be back. Like Jefferson so. County is a great example here. You know, if you could have yeah. put twenty thousand more votes here, you know, you know, uh yeah, if, if he gotten if he gotten to if he gotten to a hundred thousand votes or just yep. under a hundred, like it just would have been interesting. Well, are you noticing some of this? Are you noticing some of the stuff on the map? There's a bunch of write-ins, and by yeah. I say bunch, I'm talking hun- like I'm talking dozens, like dozens. Yeah, like uh, there was Jefferson had a bunch of them, 250 write-ins. That's just random. Yeah. So. So yeah, I mean, but some of these are really tiny counties, is what I'm just saying. I mean, where, yeah, it was really tiny, but in the in the heavy counties, uh, the governor, the incumbent, uh, Bashir, totally pulled. I mean, he he didn't lose a big populated area, is what I'm saying. That uh, Cameron could not win a heavy populated county, and ultimately, that's why he lost this this race. Mm-hmm. Now again, we get into politics of all that, but Boone. Well, Boone is the closest one I've seen that Cameron got was Boone County, right? But I would still say I would still consider Boone County somewhat rural, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's yeah, surprise. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty big, victory, pretty big victory for the governor here. Yep, yep. So, and I think it's, a, I think it's a, I think they were banking on a lot with Cameron with this one, but I, I did not think Cameron had this locked up. I, my, he's, my gut. He, he's young, man. He'll be back. Yeah, he'll be yep. back. He's, you know, in, in the political game. I mean, he is the attorney general of the state, so just absolutely, yep, yeah. absolutely. And, and and you know, next next election, lock it has still happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. Yep. We want to go on to another election. Do you want to? Yep. Do you want to do? Uh, you want to do one of your debate topics? Um, you make the call. Uh, let's do another. Let's do a debate topic, and then we'll check in in the mayoral races, and then All we'll right. go back to we'll go back to we'll go come back from Mississippi after that. Yep. Yep. So we have fifteen ballot questions tonight. All right. So these are these are cigar related. They're all about the cigar industry. There, and we're gonna go. They're meant to challenge you. And uh, I want our audience to kind of have a little fun with this, too, as long as we're doing this. All right. All right. All right. Here is. The, so here is the first ballot question. OK. Terrence Riley has to Eric Gutmanson's excitement has gotten elected to the Hall of Fame for cigars, whatever that Hall of Fame is. Sure. OK. But the decision has to be made what jersey Terrence Riley wears into the Hall of Fame. Does he wear the Casada jersey? Or does he wear the Aganorsa Leaf jersey? Okay, so a couple questions. Uh-huh. Um, are we talking Terrence ends his career right now? Like this year, and then he gets. Well, I think we have to say right now. I think that's what we have to say, right? It's ended. It's, it's ended at this point. I think that would be the best criteria to do with that. Okay. If he ends it right now, and he gets elected to the Hall of Fame, Terrence Riley should. Terrence Riley will wear a case out of jersey. I agree. 
I I agree because what he did at Quesada was first of all he's from the family, right? So sure. But the second one, what he did at Casada was an unbelievable feat as well. Um, and you know, like I said, he I think he set the table for Casada where they are today, uh, in terms of the marketing of that company and the brand. But it seems like you know Terrence has been in this job at Agonorza for six years. Most people don't even some people don't even remember him at Casada, which is kind which of is- funny. Which is kind of funny, yeah. Which is kind of funny, but you think about it, a lot of the newer smokers probably don't remember when he was with Casada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I think it's. I think it's an easy call at this point. Now, if you talk about ten more years at Agonorsa Leaf, then I think. It, I think the story changes a little bit. I mean, even maybe not even maybe not even that many, like just a couple of more. But I think. I think he wears a, wears a Casada jersey if he retires right now. I think. See, I think. I think it would still stay Casada, but. I see your argument with that one. I see your point with that. Mm-hmm. If we were putting this up for a ballot with people, I think I think if this was a vote of the public, I think it would be closer than you think, though. But I still think Casada should be the one he gets on there. Yeah, no, if we put this up to the public, it'd be Agonorsleaf. Yeah. If we put this to Eric Gutmerson, I, I think he would pick Agonorsleaf. I think you'd just vote for Terrence. But I think you'd just vote for Terrence, yeah. He's, he'd, he'd probably say, oh, give him a split jersey. Uh, Fletcher's. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think this would be. I think this would be a really great question to revisit next time we have Terrence on. To be honest, I think so too. And I think, I think so too. It, we like, asked him the question because that's a tough one. <laughs> does he pick the company that he works for, or does he pick the company who his family his family is? <laughs> it's a tough yeah, question we're putting on him. T- it's a tough. Well, it's a tough question. I think again. I think you know he might he might sidestep it a bit, and I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but I think yeah. I, I think there's a I think that obviously Terrence has a great deal of affection for the Fernandez family. Yeah, but I think I think I think his unwavering respect and admiration for Manolo is what would stand true. Yeah, and the- I think asking him to decide would be a little unfair, but I think it'd be an interesting question nonetheless. Without so- like trying to like treading lightly, walking on eggshells a little bit, be like, "Hey, Terrence, we had this discussion." I think this is a. I think it's interesting, and if you wanted to, like, you know, if you don't want to answer, that's fine. I wouldn't put a gun to his head right. forward, but I think it'd be an interesting point. Yeah. So, all right. Let me ask this: If you looked at his Casada numbers, right? Like, well, I'm saying numbers. All right, look at him at Casada. Forget Agonarsi. Did he have enough to get in the Hall of Fame at Casada? Yes, I think so too. The the impact that he made on that. Okay, let, let's let's. This this is with this most sincerest respect to uh, you know the admiration that I have for Manila Casada absolutely you know? absolutely and 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 Raquel and the entire family we saw the impact to Terrence Riley when he left it, yeah because they had, they, it was, yeah because Agador so went like this and Casada went like this you and know? they got back and I think they got, I think they've got no and no they bounced back again again that's again yeah. that's all credit to the Casada family yeah. For you know, riding the ship. So yeah. All right. Now this is Agonorsa numbers. Are they Hall of Fame? I'm sorry. If you look at his Agonorsa work, take the Casada piece out. What he's done at Agonorsa is it Hall of Fame? Ooh. 
Ooh. That's a better question. That's a better question. This is kind of like Albert Pujols. Is I'm I'm kind of I think of Albert Pujols. Oh, don't fucking insult that bullshit. No, no, it's not. Well, okay. No, it's not. The card. Okay. So yeah, I I, I don't mean no, insult. No, no, I, no. I didn't mean it's insult. No, Definitely. No, no, no. I I don't think the Agonorsa piece is where the Casada piece was, but he hasn't he hasn't played long enough with Agonorsa. It's kind of where I go back. So it's a bad comparison because we said that he was Hall of Fame at just Casada. So Pujol cemented his legacy. Okay, he was a Hall of Famer when he left the Cardinals organization. Yes, he was. Right? Mm-hmm. So that part we can agree on that Terrence that that part's comparable. I'll agree with you. Yeah. The, the Terrence, uh, excuse me, Pujol cemented his legacy in the game as an all-time great because of the longevity and the time that he put into the game. You know, with the Angels organization, eventually the Dodgers, and back to the Cardinals because of you know basically the totaling of the numbers, right? Yeah. Stat accum- the stat accumulation. That's what I mean by the cementing of legacy, yep. right? Um, but oh god, this is a good question. Um, I, I fuck it. I'm gonna go with yes. Okay, and I'll I, tell I'm, you a, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I agree with you on this too. I think he is okay. a yes. I think he is. A I, yes. I think it is a yes because again, we're talking about a company that he, in eight less than eighteen months, he completely turned on its head, completely huh? rebrand. Uh, you know, spearheaded to rebranding. Yep. Um, and it's a continual gradual thing. We thought it was done and it kept going. They kept going with it. So, yeah. and I mean, he's, he's paved the way, like from a marketing perspective, he's paved the way for that company in so many ways. Like everyone's doing the flex now and, you know, he's, yeah, no, I, he, he, he's absolutely, he's, he is one of the best, if not the best in the game at what he does. I think that's. Yes. Uh, I, 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 I agree with you on that. I just, I can't think it's interesting, right? Because of the recent hire that Agnor with Fabian Ziegler coming on board, because you can put those two in the same, like the same bucket. Fabian has had a lot, like Fabian's a guy. Don't I, that's a big hire, by the way. That was a great hire. That was a he, great hire. He's yeah. done so much. He has so many hats. He's won in this industry, marketing, sales, ambassador, uh, you know, you name it. That was a that was a tremendous move that Agonorsa made getting him. Yeah, no, it, like I said, they're 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 cut from the same cloth. They're in the same bucket, right? Yeah. Like if he if Fabian was still at Drew Estate, we would be talking about those two. Like yeah. in terms of the best in the business and what they do. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. So that's that's how big of a hire this is. It's it like, was. It was a big hire. Very big hire. So it's it's the um, oh god I'm trying to paint a comparison. Um, I'm trying to paint a compare. We were using baseball metaphors a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, see, can't do that. Um, I'm really trying to. I'm really trying to find one. This is really hard. Um, Wade Boggs? No. You need no. one where it's close. You need one where it's two player on played for two teams and had, was very close on those two teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can kind of say, and it's not, it's not on the level, like you can kind of say the – 
you can kind of say the 2011 Phillies when they brought Cliff Leon and Holiday with Ken, with with Cole Hamels already on the staff. You can kind of say that. Kind but of. Like, but but that's saying that Fabian or, or Terrence is Cliff Lee, and that's just not strong enough of a comparison. So yeah, I can't think of a metaphor. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Yeah. All right, so we both voted Casada on this one, though. Yes, thousand percent. All right, do we want to do another one, or you want to go back to the elections? Yeah, why not? Do another one. Yeah, let's do another one. Okay. All right, this is this is an interesting one. The PCA, the Premium Cigar Association, has decided they want to do a big trade show dinner, and they want. They want it to be kind of driven by a company. All right. And they want to they want some representatives of the company to handle the food. Okay. And there's a choice of two companies. And at each of these companies is a pair of people who are known for food. So from Tabacalera USA, we have Rafael Nodal and his boss Javier Estatus, who also is a well known foodie. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, you have Lito Gomez and John Carney. Who should be voted to do the food at this dinner? Okay, set the scenario again. What kind of dinner is this? What are we doing? It is like a big, it's a dinner, gourmet dinner. Like best, this is best foot forward. And it is like catered by either tobacco or say on the floor Dominicana. And it's a Raphael and Javier. Javier, yeah, Javier is known for his paella, Cardi, by the way. Yeah, and Cardi, Cardi, and, and Lido. Oh, this is a lot harder than I thought. <laughs> so you, you set, see, so you set the stage a little differently for me. Um, okay. I was thinking just a dinner. Like, who would I want to go to dinner with? No, no, this and is that's a tough call are, too. I'm just saying they like, are they are providing they are making these two. Like I said, the pair is making the food, so they are responsible for bringing making the food. The food? Making the food, yes, that's the key. Carney and Lido, done, done. Wow, Carney. you're not going Rafael and Javier. No, Carney, Carney. If, if Carney's making the food, have you ever eaten a steak by this man? Have you had Raphael's food though? I mean, I'm just saying it's. Uh... No, I haven't, but I'm waiting for the invite. So yeah, yeah, okay. I know that's okay. The only reason I am going to, I am leaning towards the little four people, and believe me, well, you you sealed it when you said making. So if, yeah. if yeah, I, I was much more say... on the fence. So yeah. I was much more on the fence, and I could I could lean towards Raphael if we're probably talking about procuring, the food. because I think I think Raphael Javier tandem makes for a much more complex dinner experience, dining experience. See, but I, I I'd want Javier's paella. That's the thing that's key. That paella. That's fine. That's one yeah. thing. Yeah. That, but like Raphael's going to bring out, like he's going to bring out the charcuterie. He's going to bring out the freaking seafood and the shit. And it's just going to be like, no. So if you're talking about procuring, I'm going to lean Raphael and Javier. Now, if you're talking about making, I'm, dude, I've, I've, I've eaten Carney's cooking. That's done. That's a done deal. That's a done deal. I went, this is very close. And I love Raphael. Don't get me wrong. Raphael, don't take my dinner. And by the way, but because I've seen Lido do this at Pro Cigar, I think he could do it at the bigger scale than Raphael. But you're right. If Raphael was, I'd have confidence. I think I agree with you. If if we if we 
separate procuring from from deliver, you know, actually delivering the food or making the food. So I I, I would agree because Raphael would go to the ends of the earth to find the food. And like Javier, just bring Javier in for the pie. I haven't, I've never had Javier's pie, but it's legendary, is what I've heard from anyone who's had it. So, so yeah, but I would, because Lido has done this two years at Pro Cigar, that I've been there and I've seen the level he can do this at. Um, I would say PCA or PC for the PCA, I would lean towards Lido and John on this. Yeah. Because we're talking PCA. If it was a private dinner, then it's a different. Again, it's a different story, is what I would say too. Yeah, but man, you got to just see oh Lido, man, and Lido's hands on with making the food too. As I'll just tell you. No, I bet it. I'm they just, all are. Yeah. Yeah, I. Yeah, no, John. John's an incredible cook. I and and, well, and I, that, I've had I've had. And this is a good question. This is a good question. Like he's a ballad question. Mean, They're ballad questions. Yeah, they're meant to be ballad mm-hmm. questions. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think this would be interesting to ask people on other shows these questions too. All right, do we do one more? Or we go back to the elections. How many do you have? Fifteen. Let's do one more. Okay, we'll do one more, then we'll go back in. All right, this is gonna tug right at you, Bear. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! What did I? What did I sign up for here? All right, your town has been Azel, Texas, has been selected. To host one of these two events you can bring to your town. And it's been narrowed down to two events. Number one is Weasel Fest. And number two is Lazona Palooza. You can only bring one event to the, your town for that to company. That, did I say what did I say? To, to Azel. The, yeah, to no, Azel. you said it right. To, I'm just yeah, saying to, to Azel. Azel. Yeah, to Azel, yes. You can only bring one of those events to Azel. Which event do you bring? Lazona Palooza or Weasel Fest. Shit. Oh, that's dirty, man. That's fucking dirty. That's just wrong. Um I saw this on there. I just didn't know we were bringing it to my town. So this that, that change. See, that changes the equation. The way you phrase questions changes equations, right? right. Yeah. No, that's, um, I, I had to pick. It, it would not make sense for you to answer this. So, so you're doing. So you're doing Indian Trail. Just to I'm figure. doing it. I'm doing Indian Trail, right? Because okay, yeah, so not Charlotte, yeah. not Fort Worth. Got it. Okay, right. ten four. All right. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I can't do. I don't know the vibe of Azel, and I think this plays a little into the. That's question. what I'm saying, man. Yeah. There isn't really <laughs> shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh fuck. Um. Um, okay. I have a decision and I have an explanation. Okay. If we were talking about, a, if we were talking about Fort Worth, it's a different answer. Mm-hmm. And I think my reasoning will explain this. I'm going to pick Lazona Palooza. Okay. And the reason I'm picking Lazona Palooza for Azel, Texas is that Lazona Palooza? While he, while Eric brings in amazing food and 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 great stuff and everything, it's more about the experience of like he's more the experience. Like he's part of the attraction. Like you know Hector and Jack, they're all part of the attraction. The cigars are more of the spotlight. You know what I'm saying? Like 
and it, it's more about Espinoza as a general as a general whole. And 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 skip Mike. Trust me, I'm going to make a point. And I I don't know if you'll disagree. I, you may disagree with it anyway. So like if they listen to this later, they're going to fucking hate me anyways. But it's fine. I have a valid point with you. Uh, so again, I think Eric would get the most out of this venue, which would suck. There, there really isn't a vibe of Azel is my point. Like it just it's a nice little town. I love living here. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um. Technically, I'm closer to Sanctuary, Texas, which would be an even worse option. Um. But um there really isn't a vibe like there's a couple of cool local food spots the barbecue and azel is atrocious by the way they have like one spot it's not good it's not sorry flames it's terrible it's not good your brisket's terrible it's not good man it's just no bad 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 so that's why skip and mike are out like skip's not going to source anything he's all about local right skip that's and that's my point right so skip's going to source local stuff and there just really isn't anything here for him, man. There just really isn't. Now we're talking Fort Worth. It's my answer's different. My mm-hmm. answer's different if it's in Fort Worth. Um, I think it's I think it's Weasel Fest in Fort Worth. Um, but since you're asking me my hometown, it's gonna be Lazona Palooza. Because I think Eric would do more with no- <laughs> more with nothing. Uh than- then because because that's that's that skips things. Skip and Mike are all about local sourcing, and they have the style switch barbecue, and and you know they they I don't mean that they don't make their cigars the spotlight, but it's an experience. It's a whole vibe, right? It's the whole thing, and and while Lazona Palooza definitely has is its own experience, it's much more about them, their story, their cigar. That's the spotlight. That's the main reason. That's the draw, right? And then communities, the communities are strong either way. So it really doesn't matter. The, pe- the people would come in. It doesn't matter. So Indian Trail, man, hit me up. This is a tough one. Okay. It is, right? Okay. Okay. Because of the way the events are ticketed. Or, or Okay. So Lazona Palooza is an invitation only event, Weasel Fest is a ticketed event. And so I think that plays a little into that. And and part of me wants to say Weasel Fest is the safe bet, you know, because that and I haven't been to Weasel Fest in fairness, right? So I, I'm being, you know, but what I'm saying is, you know, I think that event is was set up that it could be held anywhere. Like I think that event, you know, you, you, you they bring in the band, they bring in the the barbecue, they bring in the um the the, the distilleries, and I do think you can you can do that anywhere. But Lazona too, but Lazona's invitation. And the question is, will people want to go to Indian Trails, Charlotte area for for Arizona? And I'm I'm not sure that that's the answer. I think that event really works in Miami better. I think a lot of people want to go into Miami with that. There's other things to do in Miami that you don't have in Charlotte. Um, so, uh, you know, and again, if this if, if, if I lived in Miami, I would be saying Lazona Palooza all the way. But I'm leaning towards, I'm leaning towards Weasel Fest for Charlotte. I am definitely leaning towards that. But you're not doing Charlotte. You're doing Indian Trail. Well, Indian Trail, same thing. The Charlotte area. I mean, it's not the it's, same thing. That was the whole point of mine. For, for my answer would be, but it's different. I think Charlotte Indian Trail is almost like an extension of Charlotte in a lot of ways. Is what I'm saying. It, it, where okay. you are, it's not quite an extension of Fort Worth. I would say. 
Yeah, out in the sticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm kind of going with. Gotcha. Indian Trail's not out in the sticks, is what I'm saying. So I, I think, like I said, I think that if this was Miami, I'd be answering Lazona Palooza. I think that's a Miami event. It's all about Miami. It's all about going into the Espinosa headquarters, which I think has a aura to it, right? But I think Weasel Fest, they've done it like they've done it like in a park, right? So like I can say they can find a park in Indian Trail and do this, is what I'm saying. And it would work. I think Lazona would be a little tough. So I'm leaning toward I'm leaning towards Weasel Fest for 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 my area. Nothing against Lazona Palooza, which is a great event. It's just I wouldn't put it in in my town. Yeah. Although if they keep opening shops in in this area, I may change the mind. But it's a, that's close. That's a very close one. Is what I went with. These are good questions, good. Yeah, I, I worked on this. I said when I was driving to Florida, I worked hard on this question. It's like it's like how do we stretch? How do we stretch? A, how do we stretch an ele- off year election? election. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. All right, let's get back to uh, let's get back to another race here. All right, so you could pick the next one. We have Philadelphia, Houston, and Mississippi. All right, let's go. Dude, let's go. Let's go with you, man. Let's go to Philly. What's going on there, man? Looks like it looks um, like it's been looks like it's been called, right? Yeah, this race was over before it started. <laughs> um, this this race was this was one of those things where the polls closed. I think at eight o'clock, and the, the race was called minutes later. Um, there was no surprise with this. Um, Shadrell Parker, the Democrat. Absolutely demolished David O, the Republican. Seventy with sixty nine percent of votes in, it's seventy two percent to twenty seven point two percent. Uh this race, David O had no chance whatsoever. And they they the Republicans have had have really struggled in Philadelphia um for a long time. Um so Sherelle Parker is going to be the first female mayor of uh Philadelphia. So congratulations to Miss Park. I, lo- I love I love history, man. So it's yeah, stuff. so a little history. Uh, she's she's not the first African American uh, uh, mayor, but she's going to be the first female mayor, as far as I, I I don't think there was another female mayor, as far as I know. So does she, she change the mantra of the city to the brother uh, the city of sisterly love? Uh good question. Just kidding. Uh good question. But I will I will just tell you that there hasn't been. I think it's been. Before World War Two, when a Republican has uh, has won uh, won the uh, the mayor's seat, uh, it, it is a very you know blue. Uh, it is a very blue blue. Um, let me say blue state. Um, the interesting thing I will say is wait, say that again. Pennsylvania is blue. Pennsylvania is blue. Yeah, Pennsylvania has been blue. It's gone very blue. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it went it went it went it went red in sixteen though. It went like, blue. It and, flipped back. It flipped flipped back in twenty. I understand. Yeah, that. Philadelphia is very well. Philadelphia is very blue too. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, but here's what's interesting: the Republicans almost won the mayor race in 1999. They had a guy named Sam Katz who came. I mean, it was he won. He lost by 0.4 percent. He lost by eight thousand votes. So it, was, there but, wasn't a runoff at that point. Oh, uh, they don't do runoffs in Philadelphia. It's 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 a traditional primary thing. They do. They do Republican. They do a Democrat, and uh, they nominate a Republican. They now they do primary for a Republican, primary for Democrat, and then they they run off. Yeah. So, uh, but Sam Katz came very close. He lost to John Street. Um, 
And then they had a rematch four years later, and um, in the rematch, um, John Street crushed him. It was a landslide. So, um, so yeah, but Philadelphia, like I said, is is here's what's really interesting, Bear, about Philadelphia politics. So, in the '90s, they had a mayor. You've heard of Ed Rendell, right? Yeah. Oh, Ed Rendell was the mayor of Philadelphia. Correct. And then he became governor of PA. Right. And he won the governorship not just because he carried Philadelphia, but he carried the Philadelphia suburbs, which are traditionally Republican territory. Um, Rendell was a very popular person. And people liked Ed Rendell. And even though he was very blue with his politics, right? But he was so like Ed Rendell was doing Eagles post-game shows. He, you know, he, he was always out in the community. And and the key thing is when he won that, when he won the governor's race, the key thing was he won it because he carried the Philadelphia suburbs, which were traditionally red. He, they all went blue. So uh, it was the, they called it the Republicans for Rendell. Um, but yeah, this was, uh, yeah. But yeah, the, since, that, since that Sam Katz 1999 election, the Republicans haven't even come close. Yeah, that's interesting. I, um, I had to, I had an important point to make back on the the first election that we talked about with the ballot measures in Ohio. Uh huh. Yeah, so go ahead. Just, go ahead. Well, it, there's, there's not much more we can say. Yeah, this ra- this race is over. Yeah, that's yeah. All. yeah, there's not much more so, we can say. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, when, this is obvious once you say it, but it it, man, it really drove home the point, like. Young voters and obviously liberals were the ones that helped promote and pass the the two measures that were on the ballot. So again, right to abortion and legalization of marijuana. So 80, 85%, 85%, this is the this is the marijuana measure. So 85% of liberals voting yes to legalize marijuana. Under 30, 84%. Oh, wow. Black voters, 72%. Interesting. Independence, 64%. There's an interesting one. Very interesting. Yeah. So not only not only do Democrats carry carry the measure home, but also independence. So yeah. 30, you know, 30, 36% of independence went went the other went the other way that's a that's a that's a huge margin yep that is you'd think it would be closer to 50 like 44 56 right 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 that's crazy yeah interesting latinos two-thirds of it by the way 66 percent. just fyi interesting yeah so i thought that that that, thought that was uh thought that was interesting So yeah, I just wanted to pinpoint that out. Good job, good job. No, excellent, excellent, excellent work there. All right, where do we go next? Houston. All right. Um. So Houston's a little different, all right, because they do do runoffs in Houston. Uh, let me pull this one up. Uh, so. Uh, 
Here's what's happening in Houston right now. Uh, they have 49% of the vote in. Low turnout for Houston, by the way, for this mayor race. I'm looking at this is a very low turnout. Mm-hmm. For I mean, you're looking at not even 250,000 people. Top five cannot, city. Yeah, top five city. Yeah, and only 250,000 people may be going out to vote on this. Um, John Whitmire is leading with 43%, but um, it looks like he's going to go up against Sheila Jackson Lee in a runoff because they have to have 50%. So it looks like that that is heading for a runoff unless something happens um, at this point. Yeah. Uh... But the goal, this turnout is is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, there's that. The, the, here's the thing, though, Coop. Harris County. If Philadelphia would go too, by the way, so we should say blame Houston. Yeah, Harris County is the most pop. It's the most populous county in the country. Uh-huh. I think that's right. Yep. Or it's number two or something like that. It's, it's right. Maybe three. LA is the only other one, but yeah, it's the top three county. Yeah. I think it's. I think yeah. yeah. So or it's like per capita or something yep. like that. It's huge. It's it's massive. Yeah. It's only got. It's only. It's got less than half, man. Less yeah. than half. So, but it's still, it's still, it mirrors the, it mirrors the, the numbers that you're seeing above there. So 43.6% of the vote going to Whitmire. Jackson Lee sitting at 359 Gilbert Garcia is throwing, dude, like it may not seem like much, but like Never in Harris County, in Harris County, he's carrying 7% of the vote, man. That's those 9,000 votes, those 10,000 votes that he's getting right now, 9,800. That matters at this point, at this point. That matters. Yeah. Do you know uh, what's the Whitmire connection in Houston? Um, shit. Tell me. Uh, Kathy Whitmire is his sister-in-law, and Kathy Whitmire oh, was the first female mayor of Houston. That's right. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Good call. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Yeah, you did. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, I'm used to most of the mayor elections in the East don't use this runoff format. Um, New York does, I think, use it in a primary, but like LA uses the same format, and I think Chicago might as well. If they don't use a primary system, it's it's out there, and the election day is to decide the top two, and uh, there's a runoff on that. I don't know much about Houston politics here, but, you know, there's no guarantee Whitmire wins that runoff because if, if there's an anti if if Sheila Jackson Lee can get the anti Whitmire vote, she can win that. She can win that runoff. That's true. Yeah. Wow. I, I, have, I have another I have. Wait, I may have another race um to talk about mayor wise that I've, I I I didn't put on the list, but I'm gonna hold off on confirming something. So just give me a second here. Oh, uh, all right. Um, uh, we'll we'll come back to that one, but I have another mayor thing I'm gonna throw in. Okay, I have it. Okay, so according to Kevin Page, who is our uh, from Buttheads, my friend, our friend up in uh, Danbury, 
mm-hmm. who has been in a battle with the mayor's office for a long time. Um, the incumbent mayor, Dean Esposito, who he's been at war with over the whole zoning for his store, you know, the, the, the yeah. smoking. Um, Dean Esposito is a Republican. Uh, the Democratic candidate is someone by the name of Roberto Alves, who's a Democrat, who has been supporting Kevin on this. And I can tell you, Kevin has been a subject of the Danbury debates over his store. It's come up in the debates. So it's been a very, according to Kevin, um, Roberto Alves won won the mayor race in Danbury. Good for him. Yep. So, uh, yeah. And like I said, Kevin was literally, if you follow the Hat uh, L City page, Hat City L House page uh, on Facebook, uh Kevin has been a center of, of the topics in the Danbury mayoral mayor. As he should be, man. Yeah, it actually it's... has been. And this guy, Roberto, and it was a very close race last time. Roberto Alves lost by only a few hundred votes. And, and this time around, it was very different. So, so wow. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that other guy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. He said, uh, Hat City L will be open the week he's sworn in, according to them. Let's see. Hopefully the mayor delivers on him with that one. But, yeah, we'll see. But big, big, uh, big one, uh, big, big win in Danbury. Wow. That's an upset, I would say, too. Oh, probably. Yeah. Wow. All right. Do we want to – where do we go now? So we did Houston. Let's, go back. let's May- go back to some debate topics, yeah. Okay, then we'll go back to Mississippi after that. All right. Um, after these debate topics, we'll then do our sports history thing. So we'll we'll do that one after. All right. So um, oh, okay. Here is okay. All right. I'll read the question and I'll kind of say who inspired this one. A small cigar company has announced they have named a social media director, and they've sent us, the media, a press release. Do you publish the press release and report this as news? So this was the question inspired by Cigar Hustler when they announced that they promoted Mike Palmer to social media director. And he sent you a press release? And they sent me a press release. And I'll tell you how I responded to the press release, but I think it's a good question. I think it's a good ballot question. Do should like so again? It's the keyword is, I'll say the keyword small small company, but I will tell you my answer didn't matter, small or big, but small company announced they they have named a social media director. So it doesn't that say have to be, um, cigar hustle, and they've sent okay. their press release. Do you publish the press release? Yes or no? Well, considering I read Cigar Coop, I know which way you sway on this. If they send a press release, if a small Uh boutique company sends a press release, um, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm publishing the story. I think it's news. Um, You know, I mean, it would be the same as any other uh, executive in the company. Right. So I think it's a I mean, I think it's a I think it's a position where the stature I think it's different if you're talking about a rep. But. That's a, that's a more I think that's what, a more what does a social media director do? They direct social media. So how do you direct social they media? Can, they can they 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 control the company space on social media. So 
you know, and launch okay. initiatives and campaigns on, on the social media space and platform. Okay. What, okay. What, okay. So I, 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 like, I, I declined the press release just so you know, as you probably know, I, I shocker again, I read, I read, I read the fucking yeah, website. Yeah. yeah but no. I want, I think, I think an explanation is, is I'll tell you why I voted on the ballot this way. Okay. Number one is a social media director. In my opinion is someone who's publishing the social media. Um, that's a college intern type position, in my opinion. Okay, it is not something that is worthy of of press on coop. I'm I'm sorry. It's nothing against. It's nothing against anything. Okay. Number two is the problem is with this particular type of role. And by the way, there is a guideline in the coop rules that say we will not publish social media appointees because bear this is this has been the most abused position by cigar companies think about like think about guys like who have hired social media directors they don't even pay these guys right they they put um they're, they're out they're getting free this is how they're getting free cigars they're, 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 a lot of the influences i've seen influences named social media directors by companies it, it's just not something i can i can't just put every position of a company that's worthy of a press release in a big company, you wouldn't see this at all. It's a college intern position, particularly in a big company, right? And that's not disparaging or anything. It's just that's reality. I can't put every hire on a website of, of someone getting hired. Like I'd say every hire. I just think you know. But this is this is such a this is this is someone well, doing Facebook and let, Instagram. Let's, okay, let's get let's get to the bottom of this. You said. Uh -huh. First, first of all, first of all, the, the thing that inspired it was the Cigar Hustler, correct? Cigar yeah. Hustler yeah. appointed Mike Palmer director of social media, correct? He was already doing that. He was already doing that. No, 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 no. I yeah. just want to make sure okay. I understand the reference, yeah. right? That's what okay. inspired the question, but I'm looking okay. at it as a generic. Here. Here's my like here's yeah. my question. Okay. I, look, I know we're look, we're cigar media, it's it's a fraternity. We're we're very close with other people. You know, you work with you work with me at Alice Fumar takes. Right. right. We you know, you work with Aaron Loomis at Developing right. Palettes. I mean, we have you. You you're you are a frequent guest, right? On Cigar Dojo panels, right? Right. We've been on How About That right. Cigar. We've been on Meet the Professor. We've been on Smoking Tobacco. You co you work with Matt on um, the the spare parts. Yes, I said spare pots. Right. Uh, um, not spare notes, Matt. It's spare pots. You need to name your own show correctly. Yeah. Um. So, but you know. It's a it's a fraternity, right? I get it, and and you've guessed it on you've guessed it on Cigar House, right? I've been so, on, I, yeah, they're great guys. There's nothing against you. They're yeah, wonderful yeah, guys. Yeah. So, but my point is, is cigar media is also competition, is it not? Yeah, there there there's comp. So I mean, we why would you why would you publish? Let's say okay, let's change the position, Coop. Here's my point. Right. If they had sent a press release say, announcing that that Mike Palmer is now the president. Chairman, CEO of Cigar Hustler Inc. Probably not. Public? Maybe right. I would. Maybe Why? I would because they, Why? okay, if they're well, they're a competition, aren't they? Well, Hustler's not. If it if it's a store, if it's the enterprise, the Hustler store that encompasses Postani, a Cigar Hustlers podcast. Maybe Rob Rasmussen has been named the president and CEO of Cigar Dojo. You publishing that story? No, no, I'm not. You're right. Why I not? Serious. Because dojos are complete because they're com they're a competitor, right? Right, but but there's other arms with hustlers. What I'm getting at, but I see what you're saying. I I don't disagree with you. Mo like I said, 
most like well, so he so he got named social media director is Sargar. So you're talking about like the store, the podcast, like everything, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see. I think that changes it. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I see your point. Okay. See, I was thinking about it from a competitive standpoint. Uh, That's why I thought I, you would I just have a I just can't. Just like, well, all right, here, let me let me throw a scenario. I'm going to throw a real life scenario that happened. Okay. And I'm not trying to pick on this person, but Lou Liga, you remember that guy, right? He got a job. I know, once who, Lou, and, I, I know who Lou Liga is. Right. Yes. Lou Liga was named Oscar Valadares's director of marketing, which actually was a social media position. I was told. We didn't cover that. That's a pretty large. That's Did not... he send out a press release? No. Okay, so the the point's moved. I would, but okay, you're right. But if the press release was sent out, I wouldn't have covered it. Okay. Okay. If right. if, if if any company that would do that, I would just say there's a point where I just can't put every job posting as newsworthy. I understand, and this this is where we we're going back last week. This is where there's boutique bias, because if I did this with if I did this with General, I'd get laughed at. Tell me I wouldn't get laughed at. General hires a social media coordinator for, for all their brands, right? I would get laughed at with that. But because it's boutique, um, we like these guys and they're great guys. It it, it has a different it has well, a you different have it built, you have it built into your, your criteria though, Coop, it, so it is because kind of I had to point. basically say I can't just be a forum to publish every job hire. Like even the rep stuff, I only reserve that now for sponsors. To be honest with you, and they have to send me the press release. It, it's not newsworthy that that uh, a broker, you know. And I've done this. I'm not going to lie, but I'm not doing it anymore. A broker getting hired is not. It's, I'm, I'm, I just don't see it. That's something that the company should be doing. That's their own staffing stuff. Is what I'm getting at. So you're you're saying it's it's irrelevant. It's all re- it's irrelevant that Elsa Timo hired Austin Borkstein. Uh, did I cover it? No, I didn't cover. It. Yeah, it's irrelevant. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you did. I'm yeah, it's irrelevant. It. it's irrelevant. It's, inre- it's, a, it's, it's irrelevant. It's hiring an employee. It's hiring an employee. Okay. Yeah. So now, when you get into so that's the so that's the line, right? So what's the line for you? Okay, so the line is social, is, social media director is not a, a big enough position for you. Okay, cool. Rep's yeah. not a big enough position the, for you. Director what, of sales vice, is kind of the line. Director, director of sales, director okay. of sales, or director of operations, kind of, like where you have. National responsibility and technically you can have people reporting into you. Then did that's you report little... did you report did you report Kevin Kaifen when he originally came on as the as the uh director of sales? No. For protocol? No. Okay. I did. Why not? If that's the line. Uh there was never a press release, first of all, oh, and okay. I didn't know what his but okay. Okay. See, the way I know what protocol sales team works, okay. I don't, those aren't salaried positions, is what I'm getting just, at. Yeah. But and then when it came to the company, they didn't there's make an announcement. They didn't make. They didn't want to make an announcement. Okay. okay. They, they, yeah. Say they did, though. Say they did. That's uh, that's here's that's the curveball I'm throwing. Yes. Okay. Yes, sir, that's okay. Worthy. It is worthy. Okay. That okay. is worthy. Yeah. All right. It's okay. just I have to draw the line somewhere. And like I said, I've seen so many of these influences come in, and and they 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 proclaim they're the company's social media director. It's just I had a I I can't. Do it for proclamations different than a press release. You said a press release, though, right? But for me, right? That this is my website, right? You're, you're framing this more towards me. That's I, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's newsworthy. I'm with you on the reps, man. What, what I, is, think what the, is he, I think okay? The, all I've seen, all I, but I have not seen. You know, if if I saw a direction being, isn't that like what the, Jack Hire is though? 
for Drew? Wasn't Jack, did you cover the Jack Hire? I didn't cover Jack. Jack Hire was an employee hire. I love Jack Hire. He's one of my favorite. I've never covered Jack Hire. I didn't even. Yeah. I, did you cover Joe Grow? Joe Grow is a marketing director. That's a that's a national position. Okay. And he is setting strategy position. with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, social media director and marketing director are different. Okay. Yeah. No, no, I don't disagree with you there. That's fine. Uh, because all I look at a social media director is someone's running the Facebook page. That's how I. That's how I'm seeing that. Well, it's, I think that's an oversimplification of it, but sure. Okay. What? What more? What? What more? You Do you know, know the work that Jack put into social media for Drew Estate? Like, holy shit, dude! But but Drew Estate didn't even think it was important enough to put a press release. It was that important, and they okay. wanted to work. Yeah, they, Again, but, but well, I think we're benting, we're getting bent on semantics here. I'm talking yeah. about the prestige of the position. It's but that's an employee position. I look at that. See, I look at that more as an employee. He's an employee, and he's that's fine. I'm just saying he's done a think, great job. Think, I'm not saying he's not, yeah. I th I think I think you're oversimplifying what a social media director is. I think you're oversimplifying the fact that managing a Facebook page is simple work. That's what, I think. That's what great, I'm saying. There's a great comment. There's a great comment by Sam Fennell in here. Shouldn't a social media person be able to promote themselves? Yes. No, no, Sam, because Coop won't cover it if they do. Coop no, won't cover people. No, who they, you will not cover, cover some. No, 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 no. Hold on. No, okay. no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. I got this one, and I got you. I got you held hostage on this bullshit. No, no. You do not know. You are. You have been. You have proclaimed that you will never cover someone who hires who who announces their own promotion or hiring. You've said no, that. but okay, but okay. In fairness, the hustler one had a quote from Hustler Mike in there, so that's not he was. He was. I will never cover someone who announces their own hiring. There was. I mean, there was something. That's in my there. point. That's there my was point. something in there. But you don't need a press release. Is my is Sam's point. You don't need a press release for that. They should be able to just do that job on their own. Okay, fair point. <laughs> Disagree. It's no problem. No, it's good. It's good. We said, you know. It's, <laughs> And and here's the thing I'm really pissed about, right? So I, these guys, they apparently did a show last week, and they were whining that a bunch. None of, by the way, only one media source even printed this. Okay, smoking smoking tobacco. No, it wasn't smoking tobacco. It was uh, Cigar Inspector, and they were complaining about it, which they have a right to do that, right? I'm totally getting that. But then I'm at Lizona Palooza, and I'm with them, and they don't say a word to me about it. So I actually heard the show come back, and I'm like. Jeez, these guys stood right next to me. They could have said something to me on. Because Mike loves you, man. But I would have given them an honest answer. It's I love those guys. It's nothing again. Look, just because not everything's newsworthy is my point. Yeah, and, and Mike, guess what? As a, as a as a media person, my right is also not just. I, I'm not obligated to publish, and I'm not. I, I don't. I'm. I have the right to reject. I rejected it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And then they then they, they then they tried calling Matt Tobacco on the phone, like on the show. They don't call me. They were afraid to call me. Call me on. I would have loved to have explained that to them on the air and had this discussion on the air. They didn't. They called Matt Tobacco and they could get hold of him. But I love those guys. Don't get me wrong, I love those guys. But again, it, this is the, I have to separate business from from and it's just not something that's in the best interest of us. So at least me, I I, Sam, I'm not a social media director, but yes, I promote myself to your yeah. to your question. Yeah, I, I mean, and by the way, there's a ton of comments. Coop, for Coop has not promoted me yet to social media director of Cigar Coop. Yeah, he, uh, he, there, does there, uh, he does a great job of that himself. 
By the way, there's one comment I will read of Alan Rubens. He's right. It's not a story regardless of the size of the company. That was my point earlier. Okay. So, right. so they were implying that if this was something that was said from CI or, or, or no, it would not have been. I can assure you that would not have been printed with me. You're reaching. You're reaching. You're pulling. You're pulling quotes from Alan Rubin for Valentine. I didn't pull twenty other comments uh, after that. So the other comments, they're all from him. <laughs> all right. Sam. Yeah. Love you, Sam. You're fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's go to the next question. I think we beat that one to death. <laughs> all right. And we're still on social media with the next question. Oh, this is great. So we're all right. Just again. Good. So you own a cigar company. Okay, and there are two candidates for the job of running social media for your company. Oh, Christ Almighty! Okay, we're not doing press okay. releases on this one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Your choices are Fred Rui or Steve Saka. To run who my do you pick to run your social media? Who do you pick? That's a ballot were, ballot question. Is Fred Rui and Steve Saka? There's no other person. Those are the two finalists. Exclusive. They're working exclusively for me. They're working exclusively for you. So Steve would give up Dunbarton. Like maybe he'd sell the company or whatever. Fred would leave Illusioni and they would be exclusively working for your cigar company. Fred Rui. I went Fred Rui as well. I love you, Steve, but Fred has got so much experience in this area. Fred. Fred continued to make yeah. himself relevant in a community that he was no longer a part of for years. He did. And he did it quick. Like, we I mean, all thought Fred would know. ride off into the sunset, you know. Yeah. Got his Ezra's yeah. eye on money, and he has done a great job. And I'm starting to see, you know, we were talking about, it was, I think it was a little bit of a slower start. Illusioni was a different, I'm starting to see it with Illusioni right now. Those are, those, are good, those are good choices, though. I mean, Steve's probably my second choice. Like Steve would picking, be a great pick. If we're I picking mean, from the top of the heap there. Yeah. If we're picking from the top of the heap, you pick the number one and number two. But see, opinion. Steve, Steve is. I think Steve's social media is a little different because he is so tied as the face of the company. Right. It, but in this case, I'm asking you to come into another company here, and mm -hmm. that's why I think Fred can do that, and he's done this in other genres too. Be the lime, man. Be the lime. Thanks for the bacon. Uh, I still think the greatest, one of the greatest books I've ever, Be the Lime, was a book that changed my life. Um, Because it, when I when I left Stogie Geeks and I had to figure out what to do with Cigar Coop, uh, I read Fred's book. I, I listened to his podcast and, and I really took those tips to heart. How to be different. And I've tried to be different. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of times I've been accused of copying someone. Maybe occasionally one, and it happens sometimes. But I don't. I yeah, and you you know there's guys out there that just they just copy off other people in the media. They don't they don't yes. put any time and thought into it. Thousand percent. I think with El Oso and you know now Smoking Syndicate, you know, you know I think we have really defined uh, the be the lime thing. So, but I think and that's why Fred really gets it. Fred has so much experience in this area and he is, he knows how to use the different platforms effectively. He knows how to use email perfect, uh, you know, effectively. Um, and like I said, I'm starting to see what he's, the effects, his role at Illusione is becoming more defined right now. And social media has been a big, Illusione's social media is so much better than it was two years ago. 
It I took a little while to get it off the ground. Brian but... put it into a better place. Like, Brian brought it up. Like, he improved the game. Brian did a lot with operations, I think, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he was stretched a little yeah, And he's doing a great job at, at, at Cavalier as well. Brian Matola, we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's it's Fred hands down. Yeah. Close though, it's a good pick, like I said. Yep, so uh again, nothing against Steve. I'm sure we're gonna hear from Steve. But I guess if it was, hey, I'm starting a cigar company. Uh, and I'm bringing in a guy to run it from top to bottom. I I bring Steve in, and then I think Steve's social media would come with that. But that's not the case here. This is my company, and I need a guy to help me with social media here. Yeah, thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. All right, we'll do one more. Um, this is number six. This is a little bit of an easier one, I think, now that I look at it, but I put it in here, so I'm going to keep it. CRA, the Cigar Rights of America, has finally decided they're going to bring in an executive director. Replace Glenn Loop. Kind of. <laughs> yes. Got it. <laughs> there, are two num- there are two candidates out there okay. that I put on the ballot. Okay. Josh Harbarski and the return of Glenn Loop to kind of reclaim the job. Who do you bring in? Shit. Really? <laughs> oh, fuck. Josh or Glenn? Josh or Glenn have been basically asked to run CRA. Glenn's getting another shot at the job. Shit. Okay, so on one hand, okay, let's 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 compartmentalize this. So on one hand, you're saying remove Josh from his role at PCA. Yeah, these the, CRA. Right, these guys are gonna. Okay. It's kind of like going in and uh, like you're they're hiring a GM from another organization and picking the two, yeah, the two deputy GMs or whatever the two is. You're not going to like my answer. Glenn's not going to like it either. I picked Glenn Loop to come back. Okay. Why do you pick Glenn Loop? Respectfully, and I really do mean that when I say that. Mm-hmm. Respectfully, there's two parts to this. One, I'm not taking Josh away from his role at PCA. Yep. And that's not to be... That's not to be demeaning of Glenn and his contribution to the Premium Cigar Association of America. That's not to be that I'm I don't mean that. Right. Josh Josh has been up and, and again with respect to Scott Pierce because it's fucking close. Josh has been the best hire that the PCA has made in twenty years. Agree. Mix to Scott. Like I would say Scott. Scott. Right. Scott's Scott's best hire was Josh, you could say. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to make it that way, right? So Yeah, I'm not removing Josh I'm not taking Josh away from the Premium Cigar Association. I can't do it. Simultaneously, you also get a known quantity in Glenn. And again, 
Glenn might not think about that this way. And again, this isn't be to be disparaging. And it's kind of hard to think about a seasoned, um, a seasoned lobbyist like Glenn needing more experience than he already does. But now he has added an additional expertise and experience with his time at PCA to bring back to the position that he knows as, C as, as CRA. So I think that's the win-win you get. Josh keeps his role at PCA, where we both say is the best hire that PCA has made in 20 years. And we give Glenn added experience into a position that he already did well in. So, yeah, I'm going Glenn. I, I don't dislike your answer, by the way. Yeah, but oh, Glenn I, may not like it, but yeah. that's fine. He may not like my answer. Um, By the way, I agree with everything you said, 100%. However, I am picking Josh just for one reason. Because I think these are really good candidates, right? But Josh is a new voice to deal with the boards and deal with some of those players. That's the reason why I'm going with Josh. Okay. No, and there's that's nothing. Okay, but I agree with everything you said about Glenn, and I think they just need the new voice right now. There. And you're right. It would hurt. It would hurt PCA if they lost Josh. There's no question about it. If they lost L three, any any of those three, if they lost, they yeah. I'll throw, Ryan, I'll throw Ryan in there too. Yeah. You lose Ryan. You lose Scott. You lose Josh. You lose Glenn. That's yeah. that's taking a major step backwards as an organization. Yep. It's it's terrifying to think of PCA without Josh or Scott. Yep. I can sort of live with Glenn leaving. Sort of. Yeah. I think he's been vital. Uh, I think Glenn. Could, the, I think I think they should look. By the way, I think they should look at both of these guys. But I I would not have no problem with Glenn going back to P, uh, to the CRA. He he was a, he was a good executive director. Um, I think now they have some position yeah, staff that are a little better. Again. But I think there's some yeah. better staff positions right now too there that he could benefit from working with some of these staff members. Like Cody Carlson's doing a great job, by the way. The communications. I don't know why see, they have. Uh, why did? They, why haven't they promoted Harrison? That's the something I don't. I've, I've never understood. Uh to what? Oh, promote Harrison to executive director. Harrison's not ready for executive. I don't think he is. I mean, I don't think he's got the lobbying experience. Does he? That's. I'm not trying to knock Harrison. He was. He was. He was. He was Glenn's right hand man for over a, for a decade, wasn't he? No, nah, he wasn't there that long. He was Brian Berman. Then there was Patrick Carr. Then there was Harrison. But I look. They have some. They. I think Cody Carlson. Serious communications. If anyone's not seen it, their communications have gotten. Infinitely better in the last year. It, it, the communications are much better out of CRA now, now, better than they've ever been. That was always even when Glenn was there. CRA's communications were terrible, and that's not a knock on Glenn. He had he just had a he, he didn't have a whole, I mean he didn't have a lot of staff to work with. Is what I'm saying. That's my point. Yeah, yeah. that's my point. And then they have Mike Copperman, who I think has been he's the legislative director. He's doing. A, I've gotten to talk to him. Uh, we may be able to get him on the show in January, just so you know. He, he's a really, oh, I love talking to that guy. 
He is a he's a dynamic guy. I mean, Mike Copperman, that's the guy they should give the job to, actually. Um, but I'm just saying, I don't know if he wants that job or not. All right, man. Who's going to be my Mississippi? Here we go. Well, let's go to Mississippi, then we'll go to sports history after that. So uh, we are going back to the mayor race, and uh, we, the governor of Mississippi is the last one. And um, this is a close one, Bear. This yeah, is one that is still being called too close to call. Um, Tate Reeves is the incumbent. And you right. can see he's got a a decent lead. I mean, he's got about an 8.2% lead over Brandon Presley, who is the Democratic candidate. Um, and yes, he is related to, uh, by the way, it even says he's related to Elvis. Um, so Tate Reeves is the incumbent right now. And if you look at the map here, um, again, if you go, you go into Jackson, look at Presley's, look at Presley's numbers in, in Jackson. And then if you go up to the Northwest part of the state, Tanika County, kind of smaller, but this, you're outside of Memphis here. So, yeah. Um, Actually, but it, it, again, at five o'clock central six Eastern, it, this was flip flop, by the way. Yeah, it was flip flop, but I think a lot of the other things. But if you're looking at like Reeves has has the Gulf has the Gulf states pretty the Gulf counties pretty well, um, which is you know they're not like you know there's Gulfport the and Biloxi, you know, and that's he's where got the money is. yeah, that's what the money is. You're right. Yeah. So I mean, Jack, but, Jack, Jackson County is essentially uh, uh, basically a suburb of mobile yeah um but there's some counties that don't have all the votes in and i think that's what's kind of driving this right now so i'm going down to Hines county um and look at this is only 34 percent of the vote in keep in mind uh and and you can see that uh presley's like that's what jackson is he's he's winning big and that's one of the bigger ones right now so that there's a lot of votes still to be counted i think is why that this is they're being conservative with this one Amite County has not reported anything yet, and that's a big blue county, by the way. Interesting. I, yeah. It's a blue county. I wonder what's going on there. I don't know. There's another county. Where's Am Where is Amite, actually? Amite's in the south, too, like towards Louisiana. Okay, so that's... that. So yeah, it's, a, map, it's next to Wixon. Well, it's and, next it's to Wixon. A, and, and it's sandwiched between two blue counties. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Quitman County's not reporting. Before County's not reporting. And yep. Wayne Wayne County is going to go Tate Reeves. That's on the eastern. Yeah. The, the whole western part of the state's blue. That's why I found it. This is a little more of an interesting map. And I'm not really look. I am not a Mississippi politics guy, but I was surprised with the amount of blue counties in the west here. But yeah, like you have four counties that haven't reported anything yet, and Hines is Louisiana's right. down here. No, I understand that. I'm just saying, like. The the eastern part of Arkansas is, is also the eastern part of Arkansas is very blue. Always has been. Well, um. So that's why you see that bleed over. Is my point. Yeah, I mean that's where you got we got like West Memphis and South here. Yeah. Little Rock, Little Rock is that blue or red? Little Rock's in the central. I get that. Little Rock's blue. Yep. 
Interesting. This is a very, this one's going to be one. I think, as I said, I think this, will, this one we probably, I wonder if we'll hear it called tonight at all. I, I think you're going to see a lot of absentee votes play into this one. I'm not calling this one. I'm, 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 I've learned not to call. It's going to be hard, man. It's yeah. Hard. It's going to be hard. Like, it's a lot closer than people think. It's a lot yeah. closer. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be closer. Those numbers will, will come closer when all said and done. But that's an important one for the Republicans if they want to keep a, a, a go they don't want to lose a governor's seat tonight either. And if that happens, if Tate Reeves goes down, um, they're gonna lose the seat. Which will be it'll be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else on Mississippi? All right, let's let's go right into then uh, this day in sports history. Brought to you by Espinosa Cigars, makers of award-winning blends and brands, excuse me, such as Six Hundred One, Espinosa, and Knuckle Sandwich. Smoke Espinosa and smoke Espinosa every day, which I am still enjoying. How's your How's your Azaleo going? Fantastic. I've had to relight it a couple times. Mine's going good. The Corona Gourd is actually smoking better than I've. I got this one from Lazona. I got this one from Hector's office, I think. So, um, yeah, Hector had some Azalejos lying around the office. Um, um, so what yeah. Size made the, what size made the list? Gordo. Oh, Gordo's sure. even by Hector and Eric's admission, they think the Gordo is the best size. So good. I'm enjoying it. But the Corona Gourd is solid. This is this is a really good blend that they did. This is. This is, I think, one of Hector's best blends he's done. Is that Alzaleo? It's my favorite of the Laranja branded cigars. Are you fucking kidding me? You like it better than the OG? Yeah, I do. Oh wow! I don't like certain I'm sizes of the OG. Take. I like the Kayaks a lot, but yeah, I really like this size. It's a great, but that's not knocking the the others. They're great. That's a great brand. There's a reason why they're award winning brands. You know. Yeah. I guess Laranja is like an Espinosa sub brand. We can get that whole discussion what a brand is. Yeah. All right, Bear. I got you. You have three questions for me, and I have one for you. Okay. All right. This one is a. I think this one's a challenging question. Okay. The key thing is American League. We're saying here. In 1989, this pitcher became the first relief pitcher to win Rookie of the Year in the American League. Who is that pitcher? And when I when I saw the answer to this, I was even shocked. Okay, ask the question again. In 1989, this pitcher became the first relief pitcher to win Rookie of the Year in the American League. Who was that pitcher? Um, eighty nine was eighty nine was the the year that Ken Griffey got beat out, right? Ken Griffey Jr. 
Um, I want to say yes. Ken Griffey came up in '89. Um, was Tom Gordon a starter? Or was he a uh, relief pitcher? That's a good question. That was his rookie year too. It is not Tom Gordon. I didn't say it was Mike. Okay, Gibson. no, this guy. Yeah, I was just gonna. I know he had a big rookie campaign. I think it was '89. I'm pretty sure it was '89. Um, I can't. I think he was a starter though. '89 was. Yeah, '89 was was uh, Ken Griffey Jr. I know he lost. He didn't win Rookie of the Year. Which, which, yeah. <sighs> Shit. This is a tough one. I will tell you that one. Shit. Okay, hold on. American League. And he did beat out Ken Griffey Jr. that year. Get a year in 89. Who the fuck was it? Tom Gordon... Did he have a yeah. solid career? What were you going to say, Tom Gordon? He did not have a solid career. Tom Gordon was actually second, by the way, just so you know. He was a this... starter, though, right? Tom Gordon uh, was... That part's going to bother me. Tom Gordon was a starter, but he did go... He did do some middle relief. This was a good rookie of the year class, by the way, when you when you hear the names. Break it oh. down. So, so Gordon Griffey... Griffey. Who else? Uh, Jim Abbott, Kevin Brown, and Craig oh, Worthington. Craig Worthington did not have a good career. No. Abbott and Brown did. I don't know how. I don't even know how Craig Craig. I don't know how Craig Worthington got votes that year. To be honest, he did not have a great year. He must have bribed someone. It's right there, Coop. Shit. Oh, Oh, shit. He had a long career, but not a great career by any means. Bobby Thigpen? Was Bobby Thigpen 89? It was not Bobby Thigpen. I'm thinking, Coop. Yeah. Keep, keep taking my answers away. Then this okay, okay. Elimination. I, I just told you who the other nominees were. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay. yeah. Okay, I, I won't do that. I'm sorry. In the interest of being integrity with integrity here, I was going to go with Tom Gordon, and you told me that that was wrong right up front. That was wrong, right. Do you want so a hint? I'm, just, I'm, I'm going to go with Tom Gordon as my final answer, so I got this wrong. Yeah, go ahead and give me a hint. Let me see. This So those uh, so I named those other guys, right? Um, And let me just name them again. Tom Gordon on the Kansas City Royals. 
Ken Griffey Jr. on the Seattle Mariners, Craig Worthington on the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, oh, I know who it is. Who? It's Greg Olson. Correct. Yeah, I was gonna tell you he played for one. Like there were two, there were two rookies that year from this, like, the same thing. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was yeah. Greg Olson. Okay. Yep. I got it wrong. For the record, I got no, it I was a tough. I, I said this was a tough one. Uh, I w- I was shocked with that one the too. Craig, the same Craig Worthington's name again got jogged my memory. Right. But no, but I got it wrong. I got it wrong. I would have guessed Tom Gordon. You, you know what was had, interesting? Again, this was a really good year for rookies because in the NL, Jerome Walton, Dwight Smith, Greg Jeffries, uh, Charlie Hayes were were uh, were all. Um, it was Charlie Hayes' year? Yeah, rookie year. Yeah, he yeah, had a good was, rookie campaign. Yeah, I mean, he was like fifth in voting, which is crazy. Yeah, he was fifth in voting. Uh, but uh. But yeah, Greg Jeffries that year too. Uh, but yeah, that was that was the year the Cubs. Um, Talk about a disappointing career overall, man. Like I thought that guy was going to be really good. Who Olson? No, Jeffries. Je- Jeffrey. Oh yeah, been, like, it was like, like uh, was it like Hall of Good? I don't even know if it was Hall of Good. Let me. I'm going to look up Greg Jeffries' yeah. stats now. Um, I don't even know if it's Hall of Good. Where's my baseball reference page? Uh, Greg Jeffries, go to Greg Jeffries. Uh, scoop all this shit out of me now. Ah, not bad. 1,500 hits, almost 1,600 hits, 289 batting average, 126 home runs. Yep. Uh, led the league in doubles in 1990. His all-star year was with St. Louis, where he, he, he had two all-star years in St. Louis. Uh That was the year, yeah, yeah. He batted, he fucking raked at the plate those two years. He was like, he was batting like three hundred. He was batting like three hundred twenty plus both seasons in St. Louis. So nice. Yeah, nice. Hmm, nice, interesting, cool. Wow, wow. Interesting. Here's a here's a fun fact. I just saw this too. Greg Jeffries got Rookie of the Year votes in '88 and '89. Yeah, based on the number of games, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they played in 30, 30, 30 games in '88. Yeah, it's weird. He yeah, I remember. I mean, That's right. You know, he did. He he did well. Yeah. Bad at three twenty one eighty eight. Yep. How many plate appearances do you have? 118? It's not a bad number. Interesting. Cool. Nice. Greg Olson. Congrats. <laughs> Good call. That, Good that call. Now, you had three right. questions. Yeah, I did. So and I think the first one's the hardest. Right, but let me say. 
Okay, in 1943, this sport had its last scoreless tie, meaning it was zero to zero. So its last scoreless tie in 19, this sport had its last scoreless tie in 1943. NFL. That's correct. Okay. That would we'll be, stab, I was going to we'll say baseball. at the teams. Uh, no, baseball only had, baseball's only had one time, man. I'm going to say the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. You should have known that I did this to you, Coop. <laughs> it was it was the Giants and Lions. Okay, I, I that's a good one it too. Your, it was your New York Giants, my former New York Giants, but <laughs> and Detroit Lions, zero to zero, last scoreless tie in NFL history. See, I was narrowing it down, right? I knew it was an NBA, right? Because you know, scores, hockey had ties, and baseball season was over. So that's why I just it has to be NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Good process of elimination. Yeah. yeah. All right. You ready for the next one? Yeah, I think I know this one. In 1962, this streak of 503 consecutive games was set by whom? Hockey. What do you think? It's a, I'm going to say Glenn Hall. That's correct. Glenn Hall set the NHL record for 503 goal, consecutive yeah. games. Yeah. What a great player he was, yeah. Goalie, yeah. Yeah, he put I believe he set it with the Blackhawks that year. But yeah, that's when they played seventy game seasons too. All right. In nineteen ninety one, on this day in nineteen ninety one, this announcement in sports sent shockwaves through the world. I know this one. Magic Johnson tastes HIV positive. That's correct. Yep. I knew it because I knew it was the first week of the NBA season when that happened. And I was in the parking lot. Um, I was in the parking lot at IBM. Well, I was working at IBM. And I get in the car and I put on Mike and the Mad Dog. Like, that's what I would do. And they were talking about it. So that was how you found out. There was no internet back. You put on Mike and the Mad Dog. That was what they were talking about. Yeah. And I knew it was like the first week of the season. Yeah. And that was when you said shockwaves, there was nothing else more. That was the biggest sports story I I remember. Yeah. Good one, Bear. These are good good questions this week. So, as always, you know, our this day, those are some good. And we didn't do any baseball on this one. That was probably we did what you didn't. I did. Mm Yeah. I didn't do any baseball this time. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Yeah. There's some good ones. Those are three good ones. So, yeah. Uh, again, our Espinosa this day sports history brought to you by Espinosa Cigars. So, good job there. Uh, let's get to some ballot questions here. Um, and then we'll do a few more, and then we'll get into great things that are happening here. So, we've done six, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a good one. Okay, here's number seven. Your company, Bear, whatever that company is, it's a cigar company, Okay. Let's say it's a cigar company. You have an opportunity to acquire a cigar NFT. And when I say NFT, I'm talking about the whole program. Okay. Okay. So, and they've authorized you that you can spend the money to own the rights to the program. Okay. That's the key thing, which I didn't word that in the notes. And the two programs are La Florida Minicana 
Tatawai Anarchy. Which NFT do you like? You'll so you get the rights to sell these NFTs and everything too. You could redistribute these NFTs, do whatever you want. This is a new NFT. Yeah, a new NFT. Based on what we know now. Yeah, I think that's how we have to like so you're gonna have the right to issue seven more NFTs with each of these. Do you take La Florida Minicanas or Tatawai Anarchy? You're very specific by saying it's an anarchy though, and you're not giving specifics on La Florida Minicana. Uh, it's the La Florida Minicana golden NFT cigar. Okay. So it's a, it's the current NFTs that are out there. Uh. Oh, it's tough, man. It's a tough call. Um, this was a tough one. So I guess that yeah, it's tough. Like you're you're getting a chance to sell these NFT. You know, I mean, you're 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 they're getting out of the NFT business. You're 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 gonna acquire one of these. Both of these gonna get out. Of, so you're Abe's giving it up, and and Tony Gomez is giving up. So you get it. You get to issue new NFTs and everything, based on what we know now. So I have to create with I have to create the marketing strategy behind it. Correct. Yeah. Your choice is you can use the existing marketing strategy or you can Sh- redo it. Shit. Shit. Oh, damn it. I got to go talk to Wahe if I'm using existing. They took it to the next level, man. They took it to the next level. They built on, they built on. It's the way you word these questions. Yeah. Oh, this was a tough one. Because, yeah. You it's know. the way you word it. If you had said, if you had said, who am I going to pick to do the next NFT? Who would I want? I would pick La Florida Minicana because I think they they could learn from what they did and learn what Tatsuwahi did. And, uh, and yeah, I, 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 and I, yeah, and I'm agreeing with you on this be. one. I think that. Well, but if I'm the... taking the existing strategies, I'm taking Tatsuwahi because they built on it. They built on it, you know. But here's the one thing why I hesitate. I still have a problem. With a ten dollars cigar now being sold for a hundred dollars, and I, do, I I just worry that I might not get as much selling more NFTs for that, based on that the fact that the people who are buying it probably are gonna not be able to get a hundred dollars for it. But I I can make the same argument with Lafleur, right? So like Lafleur, you can get an Andalusian both for like sixteen to eighteen bucks, right? But you're buying the Lonsdale for. Where the fuck are you buying Andalusian bulls? There's no way it's that cheap. How? What are they now? Like twenty dollars, man. Okay, twenty dollars. We'll say you're you're probably more up on that than me, so I'll give you that. If you're buying you Andalusian bulls for sixteen dollars, please tell okay, me. Okay, for twenty, but I, I still think twenty dollars is irrelevant in this case. But yeah, you know, I'll give you that. Yeah, I'm I'm going because. I think they. I think the. I, I think again, Tatuaje, Abe, Abe kind of was able to learn from Lafleur. Not that Lafleur did a bad job. I think Lafleur has done a good job with it, and I really like how they've been doing the packaging on it and everything. Um, but there's no stop. I mean, you have the ability, Bear, to do exactly what Abe did with the LFD one, right? So if you wanted to create, you know, 
a go call um uh ST DuPont and create a um a lighter, you know, get uh you know, crystal ashtray, you get a, a custom canvas print. You could you could do all that. You could have a humidor made with another LFT. So you could do all that stuff. But I think I'm still going Tatooine Anarchy with this one. Because I think, again, it kind of, it, it became the next generation of that. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. So we agree on that one. All right, number eight. You're a shop owner now. Okay. And you can get only one of the Padrone Legends collaboration. That's the Carlito and Padrone one. Right? You can only get one of those. There's two cigars, right? You're only gonna you're only allowed to get one of those. Do you select Carlito cigar for Padrone? Or do you select Padron Cigar for Fuente? I can only have one? You can only have one. To smoke? To keep carry in your store. Shit. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh, god damn it, Coop. Uh <sighs> All right. It's like Sophie's Choice, dude. What the fuck, man? What are you doing to me here? Uh, um, oh, God. Ben's going to fucking hate me. I'm going Padron. Padron. Carlitos for Padron or, or Padron for Fuente? That, that's Padron kind of Fuente. it. Padron for Fuente. Fuente? Yeah. I lean towards that one, too. I lean towards that one, too. And here was my rationale. All right. There's more Fuente releases than Padron releases. Yes. That's why I want that's I'm intrigued equally by both cigars. But the fact that I don't get is like Fuente has more drops during the year than Padron does. So I would want that Padron made cigar on it. But that's a tough one. All right, ready for the next one? Yep. This is a four-way ballot here. Jack Tarano is getting elected to the Hall of Fame. What jersey does Jack go into the Hall of Fame with? Tarano, Duran, General, or Espinosa? Uh, Tarano, it's not even close. I, I after I did it, I, I agree, but here's where I kind of 
here's where the question gets interesting. Where has Jack done his best work in his career? Because I agree with you on that. After I wrote it, I, I kind of said it has to be Taranio, right? He's a Taranio. But I think he's done his best work at Espinosa. I think he's done an incredible job at Espinosa. So he's doing his best work right now with a company that's not Taranio at all. Yeah. That's where this gets a little tricky. Um, but I can't see Jack like I, I I can't like take that name right away from Jack. But my caveat is he and he did great work at Taranio for Taranio and for Taranio in general, but I think his best work has been with Espinosa. Okay. Yeah, I think I think that's arguable. I don't think it's I don't think it's a I don't think I don't think you're right and I don't think you're wrong. But I think, fair enough. Yeah, I think fair yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, but it is interesting. It was an interesting. Yeah, that was an interesting. I threw that one in there, but after I did, I said it's probably got to be Taranio, But like I said, I was thinking, where's his best work been? It's been. It's that's just me. I think Espinosa's been. He's been at the next level. What he's done with that sales team. So, all right, we'll, we'll do number ten, and then we'll go to great things that are happening here. How does that sound? Sounds great. All right, this is a three-way question. Got it. James Brown is putting one of his brands up for sale. Of James Brown for Veja Negra brands, he is selling one of his three brands: Black Label Trading Company, Black Work Studio. Or Emilio, which one do you vote to take? Oh, that's that's an easy call. There's no argument here for any discussion whatsoever. It's Blackworks. I had a different answer with that one. I knew you were gonna. I have. You're, I, you're wrong. You're absolutely. I'm gonna wrong. tell you. I'm gonna tell you in a second. No, you're wrong. You are absolutely wrong. It is Blackworks in a fucking landslide. You're gonna. You're gonna think I'm nuts with my answer here. I am gonna think you're nuts. Are you gonna fucking say Emilio? Yes. Oh my God! What the fuck is wrong with you? I can get the best price for it, and it's the brand. Oh my God! Dude, it's the brand that I think. Could, I think the brand could be taken, and I think those other brands are too tied to him, and I think I'd have a tough time keeping those. Okay, so we're starting over from scratch. I have to find a new manufacturer too. A um, new blender. No, I mean, uh, uh, well, okay. Um, I didn't think that one through. That part I didn't think through when I asked this. You're going to fucking bargain shop and you're going to take the fucking worst brand of the three. It's not the worst brand. They got good, but it's, it's, the I worst didn't say they have bad cigar. I'm talking about the three, man. The three, the three. We're talking about the three. We're not talking, I'm not they saying got it's the a most, shitty brand. They got the most regular production stuff too. Oh my God, dude. I don't no. want a limited, I don't want a limited company. I no. want a regular. I want regular production stuff. I think got regular I... production with Blackworks, dude. No, 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 no. No, this fun, is so fucking easy. All... But that brand's built on the limiteds. Dude, it's so fucking hot. It is so freaking hot. Dude. I get it, but that's I'm probably going to have to pay a premium for that. And then I'm really, you know, I'd have to convert that brand to a regular production thing. I don't know how easy that would be to do. Oh, my God. You were so wrong. This is so bad. This I is... knew you were going to hate me for this one. Dude. Dude, if you had given me Black Label, we would have still had fun, but this is just stupid, Coop. No, <laughs> no, no absolutely Black... not. Black Label would Bargain shop it. Oh, my God. That's your reasoning, though? No, that's my reasoning reason? is it, I could get a good price. 
I know there's good cigars, and I know there's a lot <sighs> of regular production stuff in that line. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, no, dude. No, 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 no. <laughs> the best cigars out of Emilio are fucking Audiophile and the Grimalkin, which are both limited. So you're No, the side one and twos are underrated, man. They, I, I just think they just need a little more. I think they need full-time attention is where I'm going with that. <sighs> no. No, 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 no. You're wrong. I get Grimalkin. So I get Grimalkin. I get some legendary cigars in there. Audio files becoming a hit. I think Don't fucking become... backtrack on me. Don't backtrack on me. You're one of your def- your point number two was the limited thing. You didn't want to deal with that shit. I'll make a regular. I'll make Grimalkin. Re- it was regular production cigar. Well, I'll make it regular oh, again. God, no, no, you are so wrong. Oh my God, no, that is the worst fucking choice. <laughs> oh my God. You're gonna buy Fuente and then go after Curly Head. Jesus Christ, dude! Oh my well, God! Well, you don't want Curly Heads. Oh it's a business God! Decision. I'm voting on this one. Not my heart. Bur- what I like. The- bu- You're gonna wield the business perspective at me, you piece of shit! Um- <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! No! 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 You're no, putting no, the no. fanboy hat. I'm taking my fanboy hat I, off on it. I am not taking this. Is Oh my God, Coop! This is the best fucking business decision, and easiest business decision ever. You're gonna pay. You're gonna pay three times the amount for a limited. For a and I will time. make three times the amount. <laughs> three times over. You can't produce as much of that. <laughs> I watch I, me. Watch I think me. Emilio can go. I think Emilio's got so much potential as a brand too. Oh my music, God! The whole music theme and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh my God! And that's oh, not, I'm not that's... knocking these other brands. I am not knocking these. I'm other... not knocking Emilio, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I oh my God! I knew you were gonna hate me for that one. Yes, you're gonna make a fucking. You're gonna make it. A, you're gonna make a cigar jukebox fucking cigar off. Oh, it's Emilio. No, I'm not that's making. A, no, I am not you're making, making a cigar, cigar jukebox. You're making Emilio. You're making Emilio jukeboxes. That's no, what you're I'm making. Not do- I'm not doing that now. Oh my God. Oh, oh! This is the easiest question. You fucked it up. Oh my god! I could get. Crazy. I can maybe get musicians to get behind that brand. Oh, shut the fuck up! I see a lot Stop. of potential with this brand. That's oh all. My god. I love, but oh I love how James has transformed that brand too. Yes. Again, this James's genius is not up for discussion here. This is <laughs> James. Oh I guarantee you James would be happy. I want Emilio from him. Yeah, yeah, he would. He would. Yeah, because it's a oh god. Oh god. Oh my god. I can't believe it, Coop. Jesus, man. You're fucking killing me here. I'm dying over here. I'm fucking it's a, dying. It's a good it's a good one. I'm not, I'm being I'm serious about this. I'm not joking around. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm fucking done. I'm dead over here, man. I'm dying. I'm done. Oh my Why god. Why would this okay, let me let me let me go back. Because you said, I know, I get your feelings on it. Why black works over black label? Isn't black label still the mothership of this thing? Yeah, it's the workhorse. I'm paying a premium for that. You think James is letting that go for the <laughs> on the cheap? No, he's not. Think, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. No, I'm getting no. I'm getting I'm getting best bang for the buck. I'm getting Por- porcelain's a bl- <laughs> porcelain's. I understand, and I love porcelain. And I like Emilio. This is again. This isn't about what I like, and we're not talking about James's genius and what he's done. Black to the brand Works of has got to have a higher cost to produce those cigars, though. Too, they're just art, very artesian. I get it. I'm taking yeah. the fanboy hat. I'm, I'm going with the business angle with Emilio. I'm going with the business angle. I'll make it three times over, dude. <laughs> I'm making three times over. Oh my god! Oh my god! Ah. Oh God! Oh 
Oh my God, you're wrong. Oh, God, you couldn't be more wrong about this. Uh, right. We would have had less fun if you had said Black Label, but this this is just, <laughs> God, Jesus Christ, man! I'm done. I'm dead. I'm dead. Oh, oh my come God. on, come on, it's a good one. I'm being serious. I know you're being serious. That's what makes it even more ridiculous. Yep. Oh my God. All right, oh, let's wow. let's let's go to. <laughs> we got five more, and I and oh, there's some TAA questions in these last five. So oh, oh, fantastic! Yeah, so we're gonna have fun with those. Yeah, eh? We're gonna end on a high note here. <laughs> yeah, there's some other things in there too. All right, so let's go to great things that are happening here. Brought to you by Tobacco RSA, makers of iconic brands. This is Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco RSA, great things are happening here. So, Bear, I'm going to pull this one up and let you kick this one off. Uh, you have a great story here. I was really, I love this one. So, uh, I'm going to pull it up and let you take the wheel here. Yeah. So, this is a this is a fantastic story, man. So, like, I, I, okay, so, so, okay, so, city of Barcelona, fantastic, beautiful, beautiful city in Spain, right? So, love to go there. I've the, never been there. Yeah. Barcelona's church. Okay, so this church has stood um, for for centuries, but for 141 years, this church has been under construction. Okay, the church I'm referring to is the Sagrada Familia Cathedral in Barcelona. Okay, so it's just a few ways. It's still not completed. It's a few, still a few years away being from being fully completed. But the story here is that after 144 years, the cathedral finally has its four uh, towers erected. Okay, so the tower is known as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, named for the four apostles. Right? That is so, cool, yeah. Yeah, I've been fully erected. When the tower is ultimately finished, it'll be done in about, I think, 2026 or whatever. 144 years after it was after it was finished. So the original desi designer was uh, was a Catalan architect, uh, Antoni Gaudi. So uh, so he wanted, the, specifically, he wanted the facade to contain 16 spindly towers, which would each be dedicated to biblical figures. So 12 for the apostles, four for the evangelists, one for Mary, one for Jesus, right? Right. So last Wednesday, the, the first sculptural element was placed on the Tower of Matthew. And the day and the, the day after that, John's Tower was crowned with an eagle. The Basilica celebrated the triumph on Facebook. So, so for locals, um, what they'll get on the November 12th, so here in just uh, in... Um, uh, five days, so in a week, they will have their inaugural mass. So the four towers of the evangelist will be illuminated uh, from now until after Christmas. So, I mean, this is, I mean, we're talking about, a, I mean, for, for over a century, generations of Barcelonians have known this beautiful cathedral to still be incomplete. And they've been waiting for this. And it's it's such a great story because... You know, if you go back, if you go to, if you, anyone goes to Europe and you go to some of these 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 cities and these towns and everything, like I, I think of Rotenburg, Rotenburg de Otober, which is a small uh, um, medieval city that exists in the countryside of Germany, and they've kept it old, and it's on purpose. You know, uh, Rotenburg used to be one of the most um, richest cities in all of Germany. Um, and because it was one of its richest cities in all of Germany, uh, it was also a frequent target. So uh, for, for invaders. So people wanted the, the so Rotenberg was wealthy enough. They, they actually paid off would be invaders 
over the years and and then it actually went into decline and so basically when uh painters in the early uh in the early 19th century would go to paint what would be medieval europe the only thing that was left was rotenberg now how does that tie into this is my point is that R rotenberg uh de october and in this case the sagrada um cathedral in barcelona you know 144 years seems like a long time to us but in the span of europe in the you know these this, the buildings in Europe, I mean, were built in the 1500s, 1600s. We're talking about hundreds of years that they've existed. And it took decades, if not, uh, you know, if not a century to build a lot of these impressive monuments that you can go and see today. So what I, the reason I appreciate this scoop and the reason I thought this story was pretty incredible in itself is that, you know, by modern day standards, like they could erect this cathedral in six months, a year, right? But it was important to the to Barcelonians in the city of Barcelona to honor Gaudi's original vision, and so that meant you know we're talking about authentic material that's dated, right? So we're talking about stone. We're not talking about you know modern day construction was just not was not going to be a factor in this in this building so they i mean that that takes time that takes money that takes resources and they wanted to they wanted to honor it, its completion so this is this is beautiful i mean you see the picture right here I mean, this is a gorgeous gorgeous cathedral barcelona is a beautiful city and to finally have these four towers erected uh after 144 years is just it's 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 a beautiful sight to see so congratulations to the city of barcelona yeah um, and um you know, it's 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 an awesome story. So I didn't know about this story at all, by the way. And I, I've been trying to get my wife to do a Spain trip. I think she's going to be really into this. Yeah, when this is done. Good stuff. Yeah, well, good one. I uh, like I said I learned a lot with this one for sure. So I'm like looking forward to this. Uh, I didn't realize this project was even going on that long either. Uh, uh, that's an amazing story. Um, okay, my story. Um, is, um, on November 29th, um, the Rockefeller Center will be putting up its Christmas tree. Um, they've been doing this in Rockefeller Center for the past 93 years. Um, and, uh, I got, okay, I'm going to be really honest here. I've always been interested in the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. Like I, the lighting is always something I've watched on TV for many years. Um, now I kind of watch it online, but when I lived in New York, uh, um, but it's but to go see the tree in person, it's kind of boring. I'll be honest, it's a little boring, right? It's like, uh, but I get people want to do it, but um, I've always been interested in. Where they get the tree is kind of always um, the one thing that's interesting. And um, this year, this year um, the tree will be, lit, like I said, on November 29th. Um, and it will be – they pick a tree every year from a different place. Um, so, like, the last three years, for example, um, the tree – and they always pick a – for, they really picked the Norway spruce uh, for like the past, um, I want to say 50 years or 
almost 50. The last time they picked, actually 46 years ago was the last time they didn't pick a Norway. No, let me go back because I have the list here. 1981 was the last time they didn't pick a Norway spruce. So that's 42 years. And that is, they picked a white spruce that year. But it's always a Norway spruce. The last three years, um, they've come from different cities. Elkton, Maryland uh, in 2021, a 79-foot tree. Um, Queensbury, New York in 2022. Now, Queensbury is a little note, note, noteworthy because um, there is a Queensbury Cigar and Pipe located there. And our friend Dan Davidson, that's where he used to work. So that came from, and that's an area like in the Saratoga region of New York. And this year it's coming from Vestal, New York, which is an area outside of Binghamton. So, um, but yeah, it is, it is coming up. Uh, and, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm more, like I said, I'm always more interested in where they pick the tree and the lighting of the tree has always been more interesting to me than, um, the actual, like going in to see it. I just gotta be honest. It's a chore to go in there during Christmas time to see it. I have gone to see it if I'm in New York. So, uh, you know, it is something I, I will go see, but I don't make I wouldn't make the special trip is what I'm saying. Right. And that's last year's tree you're looking at there. I don't know. It, it, it looks better on TV is what I'll just tell you, because you see it's that picture. picture. You, you, but terrible. that's not a terrible. It's, but here's the thing. When you see it up close, you don't get that whole view of the Rockefeller. Set. It's hard to see the whole view because you're up close to it. So it looks less impressive when you're up close to it. It looks better from a distance there. Um, but yeah, we have we have we have some articles in there where um, you know, we'll put on um, you know, you could you could read about that, but it is a big it is a New York tradition. Um, and uh, you know, they went through the pandemic with that as well. Um, I did have one tree that was near a t- like there were two trees that came from towns where I used to live near when I lived in Orange County, New York. Uh, it was actually 2018 and 2019, but I lived there like in the 90s. Uh, Walk Hill and Florida, New York, were very close to where I lived. So those were kind of local trees that they did. Um, but yeah, November, they used to do a lot of times the tree lighting would fall on my birthday, which was pretty cool, too. But they moved it up now into late November because they want to get the tree up there longer. So, so yeah, that is... Um, you know, if you're into the tree, check it out. You know, I encourage people to watch it and stuff. If you're in New York and you want to go to it, I just wouldn't make the special trip and to do other things in New York if you're going to co air, is what I tell people. Okay. So, those are great things are happening here this week. Nice. Good call. All right. So let's get back. We have a few more questions to kind of we have five more questions to go through and then we'll touch base on the elections right at the end. See what happened if anything's happened uh, to update us here. All right. You're going to love this next question. OK. We're going to E.P. Carrillo Carrillo. And Ernesto Perez Carrillo has decided he wants to bring back one of these lines in full production. Okay, and I'm using the word full production here. And he's giving you a choice of two lines. One's a single blend, one's a double blend line. So the first one is Cardinal, the original Cardinal in the Maduro and the Natural. So that's one, the original Cardinal line. And the other one is to bring back probably the cigar that he's been most asked to bring back and hasn't, the Dark Rituals. Yeah. 
which one do you bring back? I never had the dark rituals, man. This is a this sucks. This question sucks. You guys, you guys rant and rave about it. Everybody loves it. Jose loved it too. Yep. So I'm. I would be going off a of word of mouth there. I want to go cardinal, just because I never smoked the dark ritual, so I don't know. But everyone talks about it. Yeah, and that's why I said well, it would be back as a regular production. You can get the tobacco and you can bring it back. Sure, sure, I understand. I but I I never smoked it though. That's the problem. I love Cardinal Bear. You know I love Cardinal. We've talked about yeah. this. We've talked to Ernesto yeah. about. It. It's the one of the best lines that never made it. Then they tried to bring back what was it the Cardinal Impact a few years later in the box press and it didn't make it. And they're great cigars, but they haven't made it for whatever reason. I'm going dark rituals here. It's it to me. If he can get those tobaccos, and he's that's the, the criteria. He said he can get these tobaccos. I'm bringing back the dark rituals, but that is not a knock on the Cardinal, which I think is one of the greatest regular production cigars that ever make it. And I still to this day cannot figure out why those cigars. Are. I I can understand the impacts not making it, but those original Cardinals were so good. That Broadleaf was an incredible cigar. But dark rituals, like I said, I think it's I think it's a it's the safer one to bring back here. Okay. And I and I, I think I told you that when I had dark rituals, it didn't cut it for me originally. It's when they aged out. That happens with a lot of Ernest yep. stuff, though. Yep. East is a terrible scar still. Yep. It got better, but I know what you say. Wow. Nice. nice, nice. By the way, uh, I just lit up the lounge cigar from Aladino. Yeah, I lit up uh, Casa Magna Liga F. Nice. Did you hear the news today from Casa Magna? Man, I was knee deep in meetings all afternoon. No. Oh, I'll, 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 there's a Casa Magna Lancero coming out. For oh one. shit! It's there not the go. long. It's not the long eight inch one that they had released. It's a. It's a traditional size. And it's gonna count in seven count boxes. I'll just say this. I wish that Lancero stories generated the traffic. I hear it Lancero's own cell. But this Lancero story generated some traffic today, I'll be honest with you. you I go. was surprised with the traffic it generated. But most of the time, they don't generate. You'll get traffic. another click from me after the show ends. Yeah. All right. Let's go to 12. Um, These are a couple TA questions coming up. This is a very simple one, Bear. You have a retail shop, and you have the uh, you have the opportunity to join the TAA. Yes or no? Yes. Why? Because I get the cigars, man. I get them. Because of those cigars? Yeah. And from a business perspective, I get better buying power. That's the part I'm I will know. I know how to market TAA cigars. Other people may not know how to do it. I do. I know what I'm doing. Right. I know what I'm doing. I get the cigars. I know what I'm doing. I get superior buying power. I get to buy. I get to buy at an advantageous margin. I am absolutely joining. I am absolutely joining TAA. Thousand percent. It's the easiest call in the world, man. If you know what you're doing. 
If you don't know what you're doing, then no, it's not the easy caller. You make you make the wrong decision. But we already know your fucking answer, so yeah, just go ahead and say it. You know, the buying power thing is a big thing, right? I don't want to carry those crappy cigars, and I know there's some good ones out there. So I don't want to be I don't want to be saddled with having those cigars in inventory. I don't want to be saddled with companies that don't want to market those cigars to me. I don't want to be, uh, you know, I don't want to be saddled with the TAA not helping, like, like doing minimum marketing. Um, I, I get, I get the buying power. I do. Um, I, ha- like I said, I, I, I don't like the model. Is the answer on that one? And. Um, I'm going to have to spend a lot of money to get those TAs, uh, you know, those discounts. So I don't know if I want to spend all that money. I'll make Um, the money back, dude. Yeah, so I'm I'm – you know, I just – I don't have a good taste for the organization right now. If I had a better taste for the organization, even if the cigars were crappy, I would would say, yeah, get in for the buying power. But I just don't. I just don't. I just don't see. I don't see like Barry, they're doing twenty something TAA cigars. You want to carry all twenty? I know you said you could market them, but you really want to carry those twenty TAA cigars? Yeah. Why? Again, I know I because I know what I'm doing. Okay, I have confidence in your ability. So you can move a La Polina TAA cigar. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Even though it's not as good as the regular regular stuff, dude. La Polina, La Polina has used TAA. La Polina is a great example of this. La Polina has used TAA to to soft launch their next regular production line. Okay, they have they have done that. I'll give you that. But as any of those any of those production lines become huge, you you know, you pulled you pulled La Polina out of the hat. So here's how I win with this, right? I sell enough of the TAA, the La Polina TAA. I've created, I've cre- I've created a consumership in, among my consumers, because now when they go regular production with it, I bring it in and then I make it back. Okay. I keystone it. I keystone the when it becomes regular production. So once you know, La Polina turquoise. TAA, I'm just making up shit now. I will, I will hand, yes, I will go, I will put in the blood, sweat, and tears to hand, to hand sell that so that when PCA rolls around and they make that shit regular production, I've already, I've already got, I've already got a, uh, a clientele for it. Okay, you know what? I like what you're saying. I wish more people would think like that. I, I like exactly. everything. You... I know what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> but, but what about these other like retails who don't? If you're a TA retailer, that's on them, them, boo boo. Like, what do you want from me? Like, they don't know how to do it. If you're a TA retailer getting saddled with these cigars, you know what you need to do? Contact Bear Duplicy. He'll give you a good rate for. He just gave you some free consulting here. You didn't. I mean, he just gave you free consult. That's the best answer I've heard on the TAA. I got to give you. I'm going to give you credit on that one, Bear. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I I can't do it because these cigars have been substandard in most cases. So, but but I I I have for the for the for the purpose of business, it's irrelevant. Yeah. It's a irrele- your opinion about a cigar is irrelevant when it comes to if we're talking about hand selling a cigar, it's irrelevant. Yeah. 
the the whoa, the worst fucking TAA cigar that I've ever smoked was the freaking CAO Brazilian. We we are in agreement with that. Yeah. You and I have to, that is that was a train wreck. It, that was an, and that's an easy. The Britalia, it was the Britalia, right? It was yeah. yeah. It's an easy cigar to move. Not Britalia, it was something. Yeah. Yeah. What's the mo- what's the most uh, outside of Basin? What's the most popular CAO? Brasilia. And they screwed it up. That's how that's how I move it. Yeah, again, they, again it, it's irrelevant how it fucking tastes. That's yeah. how I move it. Yeah. I'll, oh, you I'll like see uh, Brasilia? Cool. Why don't you pick up one of these TA cigars? And then when it doesn't taste, and then when so it my store it. and only seventy other retailers in the country have this cigar. You want you want to smoke it? Trust me. <laughs> Done. Done deal. It's over. Even though they're not the best of the best, I just, they, they didn't ask me that question. <laughs> A CAO Brasilia fan is going to pick up that cigar every fucking time. When they yeah. come in to buy two CAO Brasilias, they're going to buy that one TAA, that piece of shit TAA. Yeah. Again, I'm moving product. I'm not. I'm not reviewing cigars here. So you're welcome, TAA retailers. Hello, my name. I, I, I still don't know how they get away with the buying model, but I'm just going to leave it there. I still don't know how they get away with that. It just to me, it seems like it's anti-competitive. I, I've said that a hundred times. But again, my store. I want. I, I I know I know. Yeah, but I think I I just wonder how how this doesn't. Com- I don't know. I just it's I thought- an extra. It's an extra twenty percent that I'm not going to get back. Yeah, I, I get it. If you're in, you're yeah. getting it. You're getting, but you're getting a distinctive. But my point is, you know, you're getting in with the buying pieces. Like, yeah. put the shittiest still out. I, I just have an issue with that. I have an issue with it. Yeah, I just think there's anti-competitive thing practices going on. Oh, I just might. Maybe I'm. And someone could correct me how wrong I am on that. So, yeah, I'm taking the extra twenty percent. I'm saying thank you. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go to another TA question. And this is a writing ballot here. The TAA finally gets its act together, and they're going to go to a model where they're going to do one exclusive cigar per year. Yeah. Who do you nominate as the company to make that cigar? And oh yeah, the catch is the company has never done a TAA cigar before. So it's a new company. They're going to be select you're going to select them to like we've been saying do one cigar a year, make it who do you pick for to make that one cigar this, you know. They have to be a member of TAA and they've never made a TAA cigar. Um it could be they any company member any company, oh, company, any company, okay. yeah, they don't have to be. So a I can't, I can't, I can't pick Crown Hex, can't pick LFD, can't pick Tatsuwa, right? Okay. Right, you can't pick them. But uh, if you want, if you wanted to pick uh, Rojas cigars, you could pick Rojas cigars, right? So if you if you wanted to pick, you know, what whatever, um, uh, okay. you could do, yeah. Um, and we're talking company, not brand, company. So I want to I want to take that off the table, right? Uh, so I'll give you an example. Davidoff's never done a TA cigar under their brand, but they have done TAA cigars under Avo. So that, that's kind of I want to just take that off the table. We're going company here. One company can do it. So Davidoff's off the table because they did it with Avo. They did it with Avo, yeah. Okay, just want to make sure I'm understanding. Okay. Yeah. Same with General. They did it with Cao. You can't pick uh, Diesel. Oh, they did Diesel. You can't pick Punch. Uh, 
This one's a, this is a slam dunk. This one, I think. Perdomo. Wow, that was that was not my answer, but Perdomo absolutely. Perdomo should be on there. Perdomo's how Perdomo has to make, knows how to make a cigar that moves. And, and they have the Perdomo Army. That's a you know what that that would yeah, that's a good answer. I I missed that I missed that one. Yeah, Perdomo Army. I had soccer as my answer. It's a good one too. It's a good yeah, one. but the same reason as Perdomo, he's gonna have. Can you you know I think Espinosa set the ball. By the way, TAA manufacturers, you should be looking at what Eric Espinosa and his team did with with how they released their their TAA cigar. It was it was it was a blueprint for how you should do it. Right. Um. The only thing they didn't do is they they should have did a press release. They didn't. I won't pick on them on that, but think about it. they 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 had a good blend. They got they they had it ready to ship when they got back. They went out to the TA. They, Jack Tarano was going out to TA shops all over the country. Um, it was it was a brilliant strategy that was executed. And guess what? They got the Lazona community there. I was at Lazona Palooza and people were wanting this cigar. I never heard of you know. You know Maybe Tatawahe is the only one where I've ever heard demand. Like, but people were wanting, like, hey, do you got any oral oral de Musiagos? Everyone was asking for those. So it was a big deal. Yeah. So they have a blueprint for that. Nice. All right. Okay. I'm gonna do com- I'm gonna do a commercial read bear, and then we get the last two we'll get to. Here we go. All right. So I want to mention Michael's tobacco. With just over a decade of ownership, Michael's Tobacco has become the premier tobacconist for the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area and cigar patrons the world over. With two convenient locations in Euless, just a quick jaunt from the DFW airport and Keller, Texas, Michael's Tobacco stands as a beacon for the Texas cigar retailers. Michael's was the very first cigar lounge in the state of Texas to add a full bar to its list of ever-growing accommodations. Proprietor Mike Peacock is a former IPCR board member and now has made Michael's a family affair by having his son Bob join the ownership force. Together, they have brought a true and blessed mainstay for their respective communities. Whether you're celebrating an anniversary, birthday, home one, or just a desire to relax, Michael's Tobacco will have the perfect cigar waiting with an exquisite beverage pairing and lively conversation. Visit michaelstobacco.com for more details and a calendar of upcoming events. Michael's Tobacco, not just a cigar shop, but the perfect blend of Texas hospitality and days of yore. All right. Ready? We're going to go back to two more. Um. All right. So this is the this is the next one. The Cuban embargo has been lifted. Okay, or it's about to be lifted. Um. But Habanos has said only one brand is going to be imported to the U.S. to start. Do you, do you, okay. I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a writing option on this one too. But I picked two. Do you go Cohiba or Monte Cristo? When you could write one in if you want. Cohiba, Monte Cristo, you write one in. Cohiba. I went Monty. Because of availability. I think there's a little more Monty available. But I understand why you would pick Cohiba here. I mean, you you definitely. Get I some think it's more. okay. So here here's here's what I don't want to do, right? Again, respectfully. Yep. I love Sean. I think Sean does a great job. It, absolutely. 
Um, granted, it's not like I'm looking forward to each one of these head-to-heads, but I am. I would go head-to-head with Sean Williams than I would over Raphael and AJ Fernandez. Well, good point. All right, I agree. I agree because Raphael's created such a monster with you know you I, you have me flipping on this one there. You got me flipping on this one. I'm going Cohiber as well for that reason. I mean, Sean and I will never have dinner again, but that's fine. He hates me now. Well, Sean, I mean, Sean, I mean that was, Sean does a great job. Oh, I mean, I but, love that. Did you see that humidor they came out with, that $5,500 humidor? But that's what yeah. Kobe should be doing, coming out with $5,500 humidors. That's the brand. That's what that brand is about. And I think there's room for both in this case. You know what I mean? Because, you know, there's some of these really limited Kobe. Kobe is a very limited brand. So, yeah. Uh, I kind of, I you kind of got me on there. All right, last question, final ballot, three-way question. You are running Scandinavian Tobacco Group, and you have been given the authority to acquire one of these companies. Oh shit! Here we go. Which do you acquire? And your choice, this is, I think, a tough one. Altidus, Davidoff, or Drew Estate? I think we're going to agree on this one. Who do I acquire? Altidus, Drew Estate, or Davidoff? Yep. All right, let's 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 start from the bottom here. I'm not acquiring Altidus. You're not? Okay. Let me wait, make, uh... wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Let's go from the bottom. I'm not acquiring. I'm not acquiring Drew State. I'm not either. Not a knock on Drew State. I don't think it's a fit I, for for what yeah. they need. Yeah. Because then you have a then you have a third brand. You would. They'd have to bring that in. Alongside so like Ford's Forge, in general. Yeah. STG, that, and then it would be Drew Estate. It would be a third arm. Yeah. Of STG. Yep. Okay. Altidus and Davidoff, right? Yep. Okay. I think I just answered my own question. So, okay. Yeah. So I was thinking Davidoff, and here's why. I'm, that's not my answer. Mm-hmm. I was thinking I was thinking Davidoff because I want that ultimate ultra luxury piece, right? But they're basically doing that with the Monte Cristo, right? And if I acquire Altidus, now I so I have Monte I have Monte Cristo to go along with Cohiba as my Uber Uber Ultra Premium offering, without having to get so much in that space. And I've now acquired all the legacy brands, the Cuban legacy brands. So now I own, I know, I own, I essentially own Cuba at that point. Yep. For the new world. Yeah. I'm going Altidus. Uh, I had Altidus as well uh, for the same reason. So my initial reaction, so my, my knee jerk there when I was like, I wouldn't acquire Altidus. So here was my thinking on that real quick. Just so people don't think I just backtracked out of this. My knee jerk reaction is I don't want to compare compete but then i realized i'm not competing i'm actually adding to the value of the portfolio that already exists yeah so 
Yeah. But those other two are significant, can play a significant role in STG. Um, yeah, Davidoff has a better place than Drew Estate. Drew Estate, you create an entire new brand. You have to have Forged, you have to have STG, and then or, or General. You have to have General, you have to have Forged, and yeah. then you have to have Drew Estate. You don't have to do that <laughs> with Altidus. You acquire Altidus, you, you put that under General. Yeah, see, this is where I made cherry pick, though, right? So I'd want the Davidoff white label, black label piece. I don't know if I want um, Camacho and Avo, right? But yeah. because and that's going to give them reach. In, Kusano, yeah. Yeah, huge yeah, reach yeah. in the Indian international market with Davidoff brand, right? Drew State, um, I would, the reason why I would say Acid would be a big, like, big acquisition. But there's uncertainty, obviously, to make that type of investment right now. Um, and, you know, if the asset has to go away, which I don't think it will, right? I think this is going to be a long time, but um, I don't know if I I don't know if I really need to provide. I mean, great cigars. Don't get me wrong. But um, I think you've got other things in your portfolio that you can you can make that happen. So I would lean to like I said, I would lean towards all this. They would have the mark, all those markers. They have some really iconic brands. Um, I would hope that General would shed some brands if they make that move, though. Um, and what I and what I would do if I was STG, let's say that happens, I restructure the company, and I give General all the brands that are the new world, like the old world brands that are in the new world. So I give them, I put you know Monte Cristo, Cohiba, Punch, Toyota Monterey. When we do that, or I put that on the one, and then I have the maybe I put that on the general, and then on the Fords, I put all the you know, the Alec Bradleys, the Room 101s, you know, CAO, those types of things, and I divide the portfolio like that. And those are our 15 ballot questions. Nice. So, um, I'm just looking at the races here. Um, the Houston, there's not really much change in, in uh, the Houston Mayor race, but they did call Whitmire and Sheila Jackson Reed really going to the going to the runoff. So that's gonna ha- you know that that will be decided next month. Uh, I'll pull up Mississippi. Mississippi's starting to close a bit. So that's the one. Um. That I think is closing, and some of these other counties have started the report right now. But you can see that margin's gone down a little more right now. Oh wait, they just declared Tate Reeves the winner. There you go. Yeah, as, as I refresh my screen, so they have t- they go. have declared Tate. Even though it went closer, they're they're calling it. Uh, NBC's calling up the Tate Reeves. So that's, um, I guess that's oh. So some of these other counties must have went, um. You know, Meat County uh, looks like it went very heavy for Reeves here, and that probably made the difference. There you go. So we have all the races pretty much called at this point. Wow. So it's over, yep. So uh, the both incumbents won, so there's no change in the governorships there. Uh, So not, you know, they couldn't flip Kentucky is really what it came down to the Republicans. There we go. Bear, we got through this show in under 
four hours. It's not bad. Well, yeah. But it was a fun show. I hope you had fun with this. Um, oh, always, man. Always. always yeah. Sure. I hope I didn't step on this or that that you do on your show. I tried to make it a little different um, as well. I think yours is more oh, rapid. Oh, not at fast. all, man. Yeah. I was yeah, thinking about that bad. as we were doing the show tonight. Like, I hope you didn't think I stepped on it. But yeah. Um, you know, we'll do these maybe from time to time. Maybe this will be something we do on the off year election for sure. Uh, save it for that type of show because you know next year is going to be a full. Next year we're going to be doing all the right. You know, we have you know president, senate, and you know all the congressional races. Um, oh yeah. So, so that's going to be a uh, and we'll we we'll have to get Todd back. We got to get Todd on for that show. So Todd Nafee, uh, he, get Todd. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking I'm that's about that dude in bubble wrap. I'm going to wrap that dude in bubble wrap. He's not allowed to leave. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. So just programming notes. Uh, we have show 150 coming up. Um, bear, we, we, we have a few decisions to make on that still. Uh, we have a couple options to go now with that. So I'll, I'll update you on some of that, um, because we haven't had a chance to talk, but stay tuned for the date. It will be sometime in November for special edition fifth, 150. So big milestone show for that. And um on Thursday, we have primetime episode 287. I'll make sure I got the number right with that. And um we are gonna be welcoming in Arnold Serafin. Nice. Yeah, two eighty seven is correct. Yeah. So Arnold Serafin will be coming in to uh, making his primetime debut on Thursday. So um looking forward to that. Arnold, if you haven't uh if you want a little preview of Arnold, go check out the L. Oso Fumar takes uh interview from this past summer with Arnold on uh it was a really good interview. So uh definitely check that one out. Uh Arnold's definitely one of the more interesting people I've met in the industry, and that's a, you know, I use interesting in a very positive way here. Uh what a great guy. So I'm really looking forward to talking to him. Fantastic. All right. Anything else, Bear, before we close out? Nope. That is it. All right. Um, again, thanks to our audience uh, for tuning in. Thank you, Bear, as well. And that's going to wrap up Primetime Special Edition 149 into the Annals of History for Election Day 2023. That's November 7th uh, in the on the um, it's, uh, that's November 7th, now November 8th. In the Eastern Time Zone. Take care, everybody. Be safe, and we'll catch you next time. See you next time, everybody. <laughs>